Kevin Federline. Haven't heard anything about him for a while, but he's got good lawyers. He successfully negotiated for larger child support payments from Britney Spears. They still share custody of their two boys, but Britney now has to pay him more than $1,000 a day. <laughs> Those cartons in Newports are not cheap. Yeah, they're getting more expensive all the time. I mean, Kevin Federline, how long can you be a backup dancer? How He's long? retired. Impregnate and start playing Fortnite. <laughs> start eating flaming hot Cheetos. Yeah, that's right. Wiping them on your uh, <laughs> do rag. On your <laughs> do rag. How is that dude not from Carrick? I'll never know. <laughs> Nobody will. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It's seven minutes after six at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast. It's brought to us by Dormont Appliance. 11. It's 56 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Xfinity from Comcast. I'm Val Porter. The Senate Judiciary Committee is weighing the nomination of Brett Kavanaugh to the U.S. Supreme Court and is expected to vote this morning after a day of riveting testimony. Both Kavanaugh and the woman accusing him of sexual assault, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, told their side of the story during a hearing that captured the attention of the nation. Ford spoke first and admitted she was terrified to speak, but was doing it out of sense of a sense of civic duty. She said she was pushed into a bedroom during a party in the 80s and attacked by Ford. After her, Kavanaugh addressed the committee and angrily denied the accusations. He remarked his family and good name have been destroyed by a number of unfounded allegations. The Allegheny County Health Department says it's receiving a $1.7 million grant to battle the opioid epidemic. The grant is coming from a branch of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and that is over two years. That money will be used to help police distribute Narcan, which can reverse a drug overdose. And music news, all of the Eagles' music will be gathered in one box set on November 2nd. Legacy has all seven of the band's studio albums, three live albums, and a compilation of singles and B-sides. The 12-CD set adds two concert videos, Hell Freezes Over on DVD, and Farewell Tour Live from Melbourne on Blu-ray. And it also has a list price of $180. A vinyl version is spread over 15 LPs, but does not come with the videos it has a list price of 350 bucks each set comes with a 54 page hardbound book with rare and unseen photos memorabilia and artwork forecast today sun gonna come around this afternoon clouds will break up so should be a fairly decent fall day 70 for the high today it's 56 now at dve i'm val porter randy making his way in and um coming up on the show today we got sean collier with some movie reviews i want to i know it's not out yet but i want to hear if he's heard a star is born because i'm hearing it's awesome oh yeah with bradley cooper and lady gaga so yeah people are saying lady gaga's performance is unbelievable yeah they're it's already getting Oscar buzz, so uh, we'll talk to him about uh, some of the movies coming out this weekend. And Joe Hayden on the show this morning as well. It's the DVE Morning Show. PFT, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning, guys. I appreciate the intro as as a capital J there. I haven't quit to join the Athletic just yet. Right. <laughs> Maybe that's why um, Chris Conti retired at halftime. To just he's like, you know what? I've had enough of uh, getting stiff armed in my face. Might as well just move on to the blogs here. Yeah, I mean. 
when you do leave Barstool, you should stiff arm everybody on the way out, though. I mean, that's how I exit a building every time I go, regardless. So. Just if somebody opens the door for you, you just stiff arm. That's them. far for the course for me. Yeah. How about that, Chris Connie? I mean, he gets stiffed arm, stiffed arm by uh, by Vance McDonald. Probably the most Pittsburgh touchdown. Like Steeler fans think every touchdown should look like that. <laughs> and right. and then he he gets rolled. Gets injured out of the game and Tears then they, his PCL. They they tell you afterwards he had an injury that he shouldn't have been even playing in the first place, and now he's out six weeks. Is this the most embarrassing thing that has happened to an NFL player in the two thousands? Uh, I mean, well, it, there have been a, a few instances where uh, I'll say certain quarterbacks on the Steelers have run into their own fair share of issues. I would say that on the field. Probably this is the worst thing. That's it's the most embarrassing thing that I've ever seen happen to a player on the field. That's for sure. But uh, everything's fine for you guys now, right? Like that's only your season's fine. Oh, like, we're fine. Found oh, yeah. the locker room. Super Bowl's back on. With like, a, with like a Sherlock Holmes hat and a magnifying glass, looking for the locker room. And after that, after that stiff arm, he found it. That was what I like to call an amazing Randy performance because what we did was reveal how the magic was performed, and we dismantled it, and it no longer can have its effect. Fitzmagic is done. You think you guys killed Fitzmagic? You revealed the tricks? That's what I'm saying. We amazing Randy'd him. Yes. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, it, it's tough. You know, we, we talk about uh, herpes a lot, a part of my take. Mm-hmm. The Fitzpatrick herpes is just the thing that just keeps popping up. So, like, right when you think you've got rid of him, uh, you got to make her rush out to CVS and pick up. The <laughs> so I, 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 I'm not totally confident that, that the Fitzmagic is totally over. It'll be back. But then, you know, the great part about Fitz, Fitzpatrick is it does turn into the Fitz tragic at certain points, and I'm sure he'll have another, you know, four interception, maybe even a five interception game. He's, he's good for one or two of those every year. So uh, you brought up herpes, so I have to ask you. It, yeah, I did. M- M- Michael, Rapp- <laughs> <laughs> Michael Rappaport is suing Barstool, but in one of the claims is that you guys have erroneously labeled him as a herpier, as a herpy haver. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, do you, A, know this to be true, that he does, in fact, have herpes, uh, or was this just a joke that he has taken out of context? Listen, many people have been asking me, does Michael Rappaport, the actor, have herpes? Does Michael Rappaport, is, the actor, have herpes? Is, is Michael Rappaport infected with the herpes simplex virus, is what everyone is asking. I think it's a brilliant strategy on his part to, to get as many people across the country Asking if Michael Rappaport has herpes. Does, does Michael so Rappaport have herpes? <laughs> I, I I have not. Uh, I cannot confirm nor deny whether or not you can do a Google search on your own. And there's some pretty damning evidence out there. You know, it's not. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. Like three quarters of people in America have have uh, herpes in some way, shape, or form. Three quarters. So, yeah, something like that. Like uh, the the herpes, the cold. If you gotta have the cold sore, you have herpes. Right, so, but uh, that's a that's a different kind. I mean, when people say herpes, they don't normally think of the one that's just the the cold sore. They're talking about the other one that leaves a little more of an impact that you know would keep you from going horseback riding and biking and boat boating and whatnot. <laughs> right, right. Maybe the type where if you're an NFL quarterback and you check into like a free clinic, you write down Ron Mexico as your <laughs> right. As to real. That's that's the type that we're talking about. Right. Um, I, you know what? I've never seen Michael Rapport's, uh genitals. So okay, so you don't. Right. So you That's cannot refreshing. comment as to whether or not he has genital herpes. I cannot. I, I am not aware one way or the other. He might. I, I wouldn't ask you to. You know what? Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't ask you to from, comment on from that. From a legal standpoint, I think I'm on pretty solid ground, saying that uh, Michael Rapport his herpes having is unknown to the masses. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you want to say that. 
that he does have it, then that's your prerogative as an American. The First Amendment exists for a reason, and it's to label our subpar actors as having sexually transmitted diseases. If one of, you said the actor does not have herpes, but if one of the characters that he played in a movie had herpes, which one would it be? It wouldn't be Remy, because I don't think Remy got laid ever. <laughs> ever. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, probably the one that dated Phoebe on Friends. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah she, poor Phoebe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, Smell, Smelly Cat wasn't about her cat, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, if you uh, assumed that Michael Rappaport had herpes based on one of his characters having herpes, I would submit that is a testament to his acting ability. Yes, absolutely. And let me just say, like, again, from a legal standpoint, one of the best things that you can do to get people to stop talking about whether or not you have herpes is uh -huh. to file a public lawsuit. <laughs> asking, uh, Google the Streisand effect. Look that up. And, and sure. uh, you know, any good lawyer should, should probably know what that is going into, going into court. But yeah, this is a, a very interesting legal strategy for Michael. Well, you, you brought up le legalities and legal strategies, so I have one for you. James Harrison uh, went on Skip Bayless's uh, show and said that Le'Veon Bell should report to camp and, or not to camp, to, to the team, and start getting paid and then fake an injury so he doesn't put any more wear and tear on his body, but he gets to collect a check. My question for you is, should Brett Kavanaugh show up at the hearings today, immediately fake a sickness, an illness, and then leave, they have to cancel the hearings, and he automatically becomes a Supreme Court justice? Is that how it works? You get an accrued year on the bench, and so uh, <laughs> yeah. if you just don't show up and yeah. get on? I think so. Uh, I think I've got a, a pretty good solution for uh, for Le'Veon Bell. Actually, I think I think Harrison's on the right track here. Oh um, no, kidding! But, but you can what see what can happen is if you fake an injury, then you know you get the physicians involved. They give you a physical. They're like, actually, he's not injured, and then that you know devolves into a whole other mess. He just needs to fake diarrhea. Like nobody <laughs> will ever question whether or not you actually. That's a, it's a perfect excuse if you ever want to get out of. You know, like a, a wedding or yeah. a, a school project or anything <laughs> yeah. like that. Diarrhea is undefeated. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, I got I got food poisoning. Um, I'm going to be on the can all day. So he should just report to work and then just go directly into the stall in the bathroom and be like, hey, guys, sorry, I can't practice. I just have diarrhea. <laughs> and then just do that every single week. And uh, what are they going to do, like send somebody in there with a stool collection Tupperware? No. And, and, and analyze that? So that, I think that's the way that everybody can win here. So he reports to work. Um, but also he doesn't get that wear and tear on uh, other parts of his body besides his butt. Great. That's a great, uh, great tactic. Show up, but have dysentery. The Monday Night Football yes. TV crew, that was the, the first time I got to see start to finish. I'm a big fan of Booger. I uh, really Love like the Booger Crane. The Booger Crane, I mean. Who? Yeah, I call it the snot rocket. <laughs> I mean that is pretty great uh, But Jason Witten and Tessator are absolutely terrible And I noticed Jason Witten he, uh, he was a balding guy And then he took a cue from Terry Bradshaw Well if I'm going on TV I better put a rug on Is that a rug that Jason Witten is wearing Or did he get Urlockered? Wait a second. Maybe I'm not familiar with something But are you saying that Terry Bradshaw Wears a wig on TV? Because he, if he, he does, did Oh, he did. Okay. He did. In that, in, when he came out uh, on this, I think he was on the CBS uh, NFL show, and he wore a wig in the 80s. It's like Burt Reynolds thick, and he must have gone to Burt's guy because they were friends. Okay, I need to go check that out because I thought you were talking about him wearing a wig right now, and I was like, Terry needs to get a new wig. <laughs> if, that's, if that's the model that they hooked him up with. Um, it's a clear yeah, plastic I, so, wig. 
here's the thing. Tessitore, I think, is really good. I, I think Tessitore's been good at everything that he's done. He's, as Big Cat says, he's got the big game voice. And he's just like a nice little friendly Italian guy that sounds like he'll have you over for wine and pasta all the time and then talk to you about your family for five hours. I like Tessitore. Uh, Witten is just a robot. I've determined that he is just a football-playing robot that knew one thing, and that's how to like <laughs> go out onto a football field and pretend that he wasn't injured. I mean, he played basically without a spleen for a full season. Um, he, so, like, the other, there are other body parts that are missing. He's like, you know, the tin man who didn't have a heart, didn't have a soul, didn't have a spleen. That's basically what, what Jason Witten is up in the booth. I don't, think, I don't think he really understands what he signed up for getting up there. Um, but I do know that you can see some, like, animosity already between Booger and him. Like, Booger's down yeah. there out in the elements. Now, that's going to be interesting later on in the year when it's, like, <laughs> raining and snowing. And, and Booger's on his elevated platform just getting, like, wheeled around the field, just getting snowed on. Um, but you can tell that Booger's already, like, a little bit upset. He's like, I bring more to this broadcast than Jason Winton does. Right. Why am I not in the booth? Oh, yeah, it's because I'm not a former Dallas Cowboy. Yeah, that is that is very true. You know, <laughs> and, you know, Winton will be up there bloviating about uh, everything's getting too left wing, and meanwhile they have the black guy out in inclement weather. Let's <laughs> get the Booger yeah, drone. Yeah, concussions are actually a liberal conspiracy. <laughs> That's so what I Jason. Don't know if you guys do that. <laughs> yeah, banging my head against the cement wall to own the libs right now. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's what the hair is. It's an attempt to, you know, that's actually like a Kevlar hairpiece that he has there that just further protects him. He's against. cucking his own skull. <laughs> he is. Yes, that's exactly what he is. I want to know what part of his body that hair came from. <laughs> is, is that is that butt hair? Because they do have to transfer it from other parts of your body. <laughs> they do, yeah, and that's it's very dark. When I first noticed it, I was like, yeah, this is definitely the Brian Urlacher treatment, who actually has very soft baby hair. I got to he came into the office, I got to to pet it a little bit. Doesn't really match up with the uh, the reputation he has as like a hard nosed guy. It's like. This is uh, this is some infant hair you've got on your head. <laughs> <laughs> he let you pet his head. Yeah, yeah, you have to touch it when it comes in, right? Yeah, I mean, look, he's he's selling a product there. I mean, that no it, to me, it's as weird for a grown man to have baby hair as it would be for him to have baby teeth. I don't know why people think that looks good. Yeah, uh, Terrell Suggs has baby teeth, actually. <laughs> does he really? <laughs> yeah, he does. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't aware of that. Uh, PF- hey, by the way, yeah? I don't know if you guys know this. Your audience, um, you know, you have primarily a, a basketball audience there in Pittsburgh. Yes, we're so big, big, big basketball fans. Aware of the fact, but uh, there's no love loss between the Steelers and the Ravens, and you can throw out the record books when these two teams get together. <laughs> I'm gonna so write- that's 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 gonna be fun this weekend, huh? Flacco, though. Last question for you: Is he elite? Yeah, he's pretty pretty elite this year. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed, but. Um, Ever since Lamar Jackson's coming at wide receiver for him, it's really opened up the passing game for Joe <laughs> downfield. So, is that a Flacco uh, special? Yeah, it is. He is a Flacco special. So, I don't know if you saw this last week, but there was one play where uh, they had Joe Flacco lined up as a wide receiver. And if you thought that Jay Cutler didn't care about being lined up as a receiver and and just stood there looking like he was mad at his coach the whole time. You should have seen Flacco, who didn't even move. He was just, like, upright. He was like, yeah, what am I doing out here? And then when they put Lamar back in at wide receiver, Flacco threw a pass, like, over Lamar's head to the point where it looked like he was trying to get him hurt by the cornerback. Like, he, he threw him a hospital pass. And Flacco knows what he's doing when it comes to that type sure. of thing. So keep an eye on that. Right. He's trying to get uh, Lamar Jackson injured. Well, if we see Ben Roethlisberger lining up Mason Rudolph out wide, then I'll know. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, I, I, that's a tactic that's been adopted league-wide. 
I feel like Ben Roethlisberger is like an old dog that like you try to introduce a puppy to it, and you're like, oh, my dog's so nice. He gets along well with other dogs, and then it just won't make eye contact at all with the puppy that's around. <laughs> it, just gra- it just growls without even looking at it. That's what Ben is to anybody that plays the same position as he does. Yeah. And he's a, you know, Ben said he's a cute puppy. Don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah, but uh, he has do herpes. we? But do we? <laughs> Basically, Ben yeah. said uh, he's a cute puppy. <laughs> but do we really need a puppy right now? That's what yeah, he said. Yeah, exactly. He's like, listen, let me live out my old age. I've got hip dysplasia, but let me just kind of <laughs> lay on the couch for a while, and I still got a couple of good years left in me. PFT. Um, is it, did did he did he solve his road issues? Because like Tampa, I feel like is oh yeah the Pittsburgh of the South. And so this is like this was a coming out party for Ben. It's like, hey, I don't always have to suck the road. No, yeah, no. I think that that was a uh, that, the three hundred and uh, was it fifty eight yard performance. He used the AFC Offensive Player of the Week. So I think the uh, the road foibles are over with. Okay, well I'm really looking forward to this one on Sunday night. Ravens and the Steelers. No love lost. These two teams don't like each other. You can throw out the record books when they get together. See, you're better than Tessator already. <laughs> I think I just checked off all the boxes. You, if you if you set up a bingo card, all those things will be on there, and uh, and you'll win bingo by uh, the end of the first quarter. <laughs> PFT commenter from Barstool Sports. Always a pleasure. Thanks, man. Great stuff, dude. Thanks, guys. DVE Sports. I'm Mike Pursuta for DVE Sports, brought to you this hour by CBS Television. The Steelers are a day closer to Sunday night's hosting of the Baltimore Ravens at Heinz Field, and they're getting a little healthier. Here's Mike Hilton. I'm all right. Uh, a little soreness. I was in the sling yesterday. Uh, today I'm going to give it a try. Go, I'm going to do individuals, but, you know, no, no team drills. You were pretty optimistic Monday night. You still thinking about playing in this yeah, game? Yeah, I feel, I feel, I feel all right. Um, still a couple days left. Uh, you know, I'm be doing all I can treatment-wise to get back out there Sunday. That was Mike Hilton at lunchtime yesterday. He did uh, practice on a limited basis. That was an upgrade from uh, did not participate on Wednesday. Juju Smith-Schuster also limited. That's an upgrade from did not participate. And Ben Roethlisberger had the day off Wednesday. He was a full participant yesterday. Morgan Burnett downgraded from full participation to limited. He's battling a groin injury. Marquise Pouncey had the day off for the Steelers. And David DeCastro, Ramon Foster, and Marcus Gilbert all full participants, Foster coming off of a day off on Wednesday. Was that the injury that uh, Burnett showed up with, the groin? Is that what kept him out of camp? He's had a couple of different ones. Um, it's unfortunate, man. Yeah, they it need is. that guy to be on the field. Yes, they do, and it is unfortunate, and it's been a problem, and it continues to be one. Particularly Terrell Edmonds, the number one pick, who had such a nice training camp, has appeared to plateau just a little bit uh, now that they've started playing games that count. Uh, they could use Morgan Burnett. Uh, we'll see if he can get himself out there Sunday night. For Baltimore, uh, Brandon Carr, uh, starting cornerback, was a full participant. Uh, C.J. Mosley, linebacker, full participant. Both of those guys trying to deal with knee issues. And defensive tackle Michael Pierce, a starter up front, foot, full participant. And starting offensive tackle Ronnie Stanley, foot, full participant. Ravens getting healthier as well. And uh, it's starting to percolate a little bit on the south side uh, some percolate of, some of the focus shifting from what people are saying about Le'Veon Bell and uh, how Antonio Brown is feeling emotionally and uh, the focus is starting to lock in on the Baltimore Ravens here's T.J. Watt talking about Steelers Ravens games 
We're always locked in. I just think it's going to be awesome to be back in Heinz Field, a night game, and have a, a true primetime playoff-type feel to a game. I think it'll be a great atmosphere, and it'll allow us to truly test ourselves on a big stage. Get kind of a rise to the occasion mentality. Mm-hmm, exactly. And that's, I, I yeah. think this is perfect timing for the Steelers. You know, this yeah. kind of hit me yesterday. It's going to be a very tough game. I'm not... No doubt. Do not Always think for is. a minute I'm saying that you know this is a layup. It, even when one of the teams is bad, it's a tough game. But they need a challenge right now. And they it's, know they have to have these primetime games. They have to against a good team. And, you know, you gotta be challenged sometimes to get your stuff together. And yep. they're obviously groping a little bit here during the groping a lot during the first three games. One one and one, it's okay. Uh it's not good, it's not terrible, it's just kind of middling. Uh, here comes the bully of the block walking down the street, and you're walking the other way, and you better be ready. You know what? You know what's going to happen. You better be ready to deal with it. And I think this is a good uh, situation for the Steelers to face this kind of challenge. It's not make or break. Well, it's not make or break for everybody but Artie Burns. <laughs> right. But they are going to have to uh, to play a physical game, and uh, they're going to have to compete, and they're going to have to play well. And if they do that, boy, is that going to be a jump start. As uh, as the season starts to gain a little momentum here, uh, T.J. Watt was obviously excited about it. Cam Hayward is too, although he was uh, much less wordy than the second-year outside linebacker. Either show up or shut up. <laughs> Don't I have like to say it. a whole lot more than that, right? Show up or shut up. Steelers and Ravens Sunday night at Heinz Field. Thursday night football last night. Stop me if you've seen this before. Jared Goff of the Rams throws for 465 yards and five touchdowns. Kirk Cousins of the Vikings throws for 422 yards and three touchdowns. Neither, Take the over. Neither guy intercepted. The Rams beat the Vikings 38-31. to Take the over. The Rams haven't scored less than 33 points this year. They in look, a game. They look amazing. <laughs> they are. Cooper Cup. I caught some who, of their. Uh, unguardable. Caught some of their game against uh, the Chargers last Sunday when I got to Tampa and then uh, watched about two and a half quarters last night. Boy, the Rams look good. I thought Kirk Cousins was really playing well last oh, night, yeah. too. They just couldn't keep up. Diggs was all over the field. Is this good for the NFL? Is this ultimately uh, a good thing? See what the ratings look like at the end of the year. Like uh, they think this is what people want. I don't. That that Vikings team was like, if not the number one defense last year, one of the best defenses in the league, and just got a Torch. thirty-eight burger put Torch. on them. Everybody's practices include what they call seven on seven, which is receivers and tight ends going against DBs and linebackers. No pass rush. So the quarterback takes the ball and he looks. He's supposed to get rid of it in a timely fashion, but normally the quarterback's not wanting to look bad. Yeah. Hold it as long as they have to until the guy's wide open, then they throw it, and it's a catch. In 7-on-7, seven seven, the ball usually never hits the ground if it's being done well, and it's always a completion. That's what these games look like to me, a 7-on-7 seven seven drill. No good. I'm not sure that's... Uh, I don't think it's good. That's the most appealing brand of ball, but that's where the NFL is going. Not to mention... It's already there. When you, you, when you start to accrue records that will be rendered meaningless yeah. in the context of the history of the sport, then it, you know, should... You know, I, I Jared Goff may indeed go on to be one of the all-time greats, but, like, you know, should Kirk Cousins' name be up there with Dan Marino for the fastest start in the history of the NFL or something like that, you know? Used to be Ryan Fitzpatrick. Used to be a 300-yard game was a big deal. Yes. Now guys are getting 400 
You can't tackle them. Pretty regularly, yeah. Yeah, guys are throwing for 422 yards and three touchdowns and losing. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. I think it overcorrected. Big weekend in college football coming up, highlighted by uh, number nine Penn State hosting number four Ohio State at 7.30 up at Beaver Stadium. Number 12 West Virginia is at number 25 Texas Tech at noon on Saturday. Pitt is at number 13 UCF at 3.30 on Saturday. Pirates lost to the Cubs 3 to nothing last night. They settled for a split in the four-game series at Wrigley Field. Bucks are 80 and 78 with uh, three regular season games remaining. They uh, need one win this weekend in Cincinnati to clinch a winning season. And guess who's back? Young Ho Gung going to play this weekend. I hope he Ubered. Pirates uh, bringing him back up for uh, an appearance or two over the last three games. Neil Huntington uh, telling Adam Barry of MLB.com that it's a reward for all the hard work. Young Ho Gung has done trying to get back. Hasn't played in the big leagues since October the 2nd, 2016. Wow. Pirates have a $5.5 million option on him for next season. Which would be a great deal if he's a 25 to 30 home run guy who can play multiple positions well, which he used to be. Yeah. What is he now and how do you determine that? I don't know the answer there. That's for sure. So I didn't pay attention to him in the in the minors this year. I know he's hurt for a oh, he's hardly time. done anything. Yeah, it's one thing after another. I don't know what you do with him, but uh, boy, if he was the guy he was a couple years ago, that would help. We shall see. Mike Pursuta, Val's got your news. Top of the hour. We'll talk about how much time men spend hiding in the bathroom. Sun later today, 70 for the high. It's 52 at DV. Joe Hayden will be on the show at 845 this morning. Our buddy Dave Damashek from the NFL Network next hour. And when we return, my good buddy John Lydon from Auburly. Uh, we'll talk about this Tuesday night's Voices Carry event. And uh, I'm not even sure what year this is. I, I want to say we're 11 or 12 at this point. Um Man, it's already here again. I know. It's always right around Radiothon. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, So uh, honored to be a part of yet another uh, auspicious occasion. occasion. And John will tell us all about it and the great work that they do at Auburly. And they need your help now more than ever. He'll explain. Great Pittsburgh institution, Auburly. That's next. It's the DVE Morning Show. And uh, welcoming our friend John Lydon from Auburly right now. And Tuesday night is the 14th. Voices carry for Auburly and John joining us now. Good morning, John. How are you? Oh, good, Randy. Good guys. Yeah, uh, really excited about it. I can't believe it's this 14th. is the fourteenth. This is crazy. I mean, this is an event that started out as a karaoke contest with a live band at Dow's on Ninth back in uh, I guess two thousand four, and it has grown into uh, something that features some of the best performers that Pittsburgh has ever had to offer all in one night, John. Yeah, it's really excellent. You've been there all 14 years as the MC, which is... Um, it's the longest relationship important. I've ever had, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we're excited Tuesday night. We're moving the venue um, to the Westin Hotel. Um, one of the things that we had when we um, were at Dow's and then at Heinz Field was the performers would actually be mingling with the audience, except when they were up on stage and... Mm-hmm. Went to stay JE and it was awesome as a concert, but um, people have asked us uh, to try and get back to that. So performers right. and people. So we're uh, we're going with that um, Tuesday night, and 
ticket sales are already uh, at a record. Uh, so people are excited about it. Oh, that's fantastic to hear. Now, you know, e- even more fantastic to hear is the great stuff that you guys are doing at Auburnly. And I want to stress that while I'm talking to you right now, because uh, as uh, nationally recognized as Auburnly has been through the years, I still feel like sometimes I say Auburnly here and people go, oh, I've heard of that. What is that again? And this is something that Pittsburghers should be uniquely proud of. Well, I hope so. It's very passionate people. Um we were uh, fortunate over the last few months, uh, Aramark and the Alliance for Strong Families and Communities gave us their National uh, Community Organization Leadership Award. The Business Times recognized us with their Innovation Award. It's um, mm-hmm. really cool people have dedicated their lives to helping at-risk um, families and children and um, has had a lot of success measured in terms of the success of the people we serve. Yeah, and uh, uh, the great thing about it is, I mean, these are people who uh, would, like, fall through the cracks otherwise. You guys are really making Pittsburgh a better place to live. This is, you know, the the ripple effects of what happens in the community uh, are are not unnoticed. This has been proven to have, you know, an unbelievable beneficial effect for people uh, getting out of high school, transitioning, out of foster care. And you guys, uh, you, you, you... give them job opportunities where they might not have any other ones. You, you guys find them. And what's your placement rate? Uh, placement rate in jobs is about 85%. We have 11 uh, national certifications and 101 employers now that we That's, train people for. Awesome. And these are good-paying jobs. They're not minimum wage. Um, they're career positions. And we follow people for six months after they get the job and – Seventy-eight percent of those people are there six months later of the people who um, who start out with us. So See, it's yeah. really been successful. This is it's such a great organization, and Tuesday night a great event to honor that uh, foundation. Uh, we've got Joe Grishecki, Donnie Iris, Jeff Jimerson, Chris Higby, Scott Blazy of the Clarks, Rick Witkowski. Uh, did I see Max and Zuber on this year? Clinton, we got a bunch of heavy hitters, the old and new, all bringing, uh, uh, all brought together for one night. Now, there are some spaces available, even though you've sold in record numbers, because of the new venue, there's some uh, spaces available, John. Oh, yeah, no question. There's plenty of tickets available, chance to mingle with them. We also added an online auction. Uh, if people go to Auberly, A-U-B-E-R-L-E dot org. Um, we have a corporate suite of 16 at the Pens game for the opener with the Caps, a Permanis catering experience. Oh, nice. Vacations nice. everywhere. Well, for more information on uh, Voices Carry, you can uh, call 412-673-5856. But Auberly.org, you go there and you could probably pick up any tickets, right? Yes, yes. Okay, good deal. John Lydon. John, I'm looking forward to it. 14th year. We'll see you Tuesday night. Yep, we're excited about it. And thanks, Randy, for for making it such a success all these years. And um, through that, making a difference in the lives of the people we serve. Thanks. Well, I got nothing to do with that. Derek Bayer, Sherry Bayer, uh, Rick Witkowski, and those people who work their butts off for this are the ones that do it. I just shout about it. Uh, we'll see you Tuesday night, John. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, okay, bud. Guys. We'll see you. That's uh, John Lydon, who does incredible work. Amazing. I've been out there. They have this really cool uh, facility downtown now, because prior to that, it had only been out in McKeesport. And the one downtown, I mean, they can help kids from all over the city 
Right. And they have these after-school programs, tutoring, studying, and um, they've got a recording studio there for people who have aspirations in that direction. And all these volunteers show up and want to help these kids. It's pretty remarkable and a yeah, great I'd, organization. I'd love to see that facility. I've only seen this, the you know, the show aspect of it, mm-hmm. th- this event. Oh, yeah. And it's it's such an amazing event. Yeah, the show is really good. I mean, it's like, yeah. on face value, it's a legit great show. Look, it starts with Jeff Jemerson doing the national anthem, okay? Uh, what else do you want? Rick Witkowski is the guy who puts the band together. And then uh, they basically have uh, a revolving door of the most unbelievable singers in town all night. That and just come up and mm-hmm. knock it out of the park yeah. one after the, the other. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the 412 Youth Zone is the place downtown that I wanted to tell you about. They, man, they do such great stuff down there. It's uh, it, one-stop center for kids 16 to 23. And they're transitioning out of the foster care system, and they're eligible for independent li- living services. And they need help getting there. They, they don't have direction. They don't have parents. They don't have somebody to say, this is how you do it. That's where Arborly steps in. A-U-B-E-R-L-E dot org. All right. A lot of football to talk today. Dave Damashek from the NFL Network and Joe Hayden from the Steelers in the next uh, couple of hours here getting set for Sunday night football in the Berg. Of course, that game, a, an eight twenty kickoff. My blood's already boiling. I, I Did hate, la- watching that game last oh night get you God. fired up? Or? Yeah, I just, I hate the Ravens. Yeah. I hate everything about Baltimore. Me too. Are we going to learn what you hate yeah. in great detail? Good. Yeah. Uh, Bill will expound on his hatred for Baltimore. Also, I, it's not good for my hypertension, <laughs> but I, I, I had to go there. Know your enemy, John Eisenberg, Ravens.com. Steelers-Ravens Sunday night broadcast beginning at 4 o'clock here on your radio home of the Steelers DVE. That's Tim Benz, Dale Lawley, and Rob King. They hand it off to Mike Pursuta, Jerry Dulac, Bob Labriola, who in turn pass it over to the triumvirate of Steeler Broadcasting, Bill Hillgrove, Tunchoka, and then Craig Wolfley on the sidelines. In 8-20 kickoff, the Steelers look to go 2-1-1 Sunday night right here on your home of the black and gold, 102.5 DVE. Couples spend on average, or couples spend an average of three nights a week watching separate screens while in bed. 55% of couples say they feel they're missing out on quality time with their partner because of phone use. It's scary when you listen to that guy, Matthew Walker, talk about, like, you know, that most recent study about sleep and phones and televisions. You shouldn't be looking at anything for like two hours before you try to go to sleep. I know. I know. Who, does, who can do that? Well, the thing is, is that now my my uh, sleep patterns are just a, a series of stages of screens before I go to bed. Like, I'll be on my computer, and then I'll watch some TV, and then I'll finish it off with the phone. Yeah. Yes. Sounds pretty accurate. 35% say their sex Wait, life. I didn't mean that the way it sounded. I'll finish it off with my phone. I just, uh, and then I polish uh, one uh, off uh, with my phone. <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Oh, yeah. Big uh, Steeler Friday for you right now. We got Joe Hayden on the way for you. 840 this morning. And we got uh, Dave Damashek from the NFL Network. Tonight, a ramble at the Rex. Another one. Uh, we've been doing this for five or six years now. And... Uh, this is the first one we've done this year. There are tickets available at TicketFly.com, or you can get them at the door at the Rex Theater tonight. Weird Paul and the Weird Paul Band opening up. Uh, you know, like I've been saying, that's like a Pittsburgh thing to cross off your list if you haven't seen Weird Paul and the Weird Paul Band. 
Um, I'm really excited that they're a part of this. But a great uh, slew of musicians and singers tonight at the Rex Theater. And it's this was be awesome. Yeah, based on uh, Leave on Helm and uh, Rambles at the Barn and Midnight Rambles, we decided to like throw all these shows where we just brought everyone together. Tonight's a little rock and soul, a tribute to Aretha. Jim Donovan is on drums all night. Mike Minda from the Common Heart on guitar with Nathan Zub from Recluse on guitar. Uh, with uh, uh, We got Chad Sipes on bass. And you'll see Clinton Clegg from the Common Heart. You'll see Andre Costello, Chet Vincent, Molly Alphabet. Addie Twig, who is just incredible. Jen Wirtz is going to be performing tonight. Josh Verbanitz from Meeting of Important People. Morgan Arena, Kayla Skirman, and uh, so many more. J- uh, Jimbo Jackson is going to be there. Uh, Sierra Sellers, who I, I had not really heard before the rehearsal last night. Oh, my God. She, this is like incredible. Rid- just wonderfully talented. I mean... Didn't she sing in the coffee house leading up to the Deutschtown Music Fest? Yeah, that's right. That's who that was. Oh, man. Yeah, the first, I think it was yeah, the first I didn't get to day. go up and meet her last night. was the first time I met her. Yeah. She's an absolute just superstar. And so she'll be performing part of the Aretha tribute at the Rex Theater tonight. That show starts 8.30 sharp. Doors are at 7.30. Weird Paul starts at 8.30, and the Ram will get going at 9 o'clock at the Rex, and I'm looking forward to it and hope to see you there. Val, what's up? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. 11. It's 56 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by BobbyRayHall.com. While I always give you information about germs and gross stuff, mm-hmm. a new study says those hospital privacy curtains, they are a hot spot for dangerous germs. Researchers in Canada found curtains get contaminated just two weeks after they're washed and rehung. I think it would be two minutes. Uh, The majority of them harbor a certain bacteria that can cause deadly skin infections, while other bacteria that may be lurking on them can transmit various diseases. Researchers say curtains should be cleaned more or replaced altogether. Feeling really good about my throwaway curtain purchases. I got some disposable. I'm Uh, kidding. uh, You guys were both looking at me like I was serious. I'm like, what are you talking about? Uh, uh, Yeah, I think hospitals struggle all the time. Yeah. Maintain the germs. Uh, do you not consider yourself a grown-up? You're not alone. A survey of 25 to 44-year-olds found that 60% say they don't consider themselves grown-up, with the majority not wanting to give up so-called youthful things like, and I disagree with this, going to concerts and festivals, enjoying amusement parks and playing video games. 98% say they like trying new activities or experiences like playing a musical instrument or trying a new sport. Well, it depends which festivals. Like, I think we pretty much clocked out of ever going to Coachella and having that be cool. Yeah, no. That's no, we have to go to the oldies. The yeah. Right, old, the, the old Cella. Fest. Yeah. <laughs> right. Jazz Fest, New Orleans, I'm telling you. All ages welcome. Nobody, no, uh, no age shaming there. I think the problem is, is that uh, people don't consider themselves adults because when they were younger, what they considered to be an adult looked like a stern sort of... I don't know. I don't want to say joyless, but there was a serious nature about adults mm-hmm. because that was that's like kind of what you put off as an adult a lot of times, the vibe. Yes. That you put off and um the reality is you just that's not what you have. So, if people like in the generation prior to us affected some sort of serious demeanor because they thought that's what made them an adult, uh I think that made them miserable. So we as- associate being like miserable and grr, grumpy with being grown up. The veneer of whatever that was. No, no, I think you're right. The veneer of whatever that was is totally ripped off. Now now it's like, 
okay, you don't have to be like that. Like nobody is, it's not Mad Men anymore. <laughs> no, but it does go too far the other way too. I mean, also like, you know, uh, a 48 year old guy shouldn't be wearing pajamas and a Looney Tune shirt to get on a plane. I apologize. Well, I'm just saying. It's how I travel. (laughs) And I think this is incorrect, too. A new survey found the average man spends a total of seven hours a year hiding in the bathroom. I think it's more. Way more. (laughs) If you have kids, yeah. The reasons include the need for quiet time, also to get away from their partner nagging them, to get a break from the kids, to avoid chores, and to use their phone. Here's the thing, though. The bathroom, it's not safe. Go in there. Th- 30 seconds later, bang, 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 fingers underneath the door. What's going on in there? I like the fingers underneath doing? the door. Why does it smell? <laughs> I like the how survey. your girls put their fingers underneath the door oh, yeah. like it's uh, Night of the Living Dead. We know dead. you're in there. It's like, yeah, it's it's like a thriller video. The survey also found about 10% of those bathroom trips at home are interrupted by somebody barging in. You know, speaking of thriller, somebody told me they went to see that Jack Black movie that was number one last week. The Clock on the Wall. Yeah. And they went and saw it at the, what's the Omnivision thing? What is that called? Omnimax? IMAX? Yeah, yeah, IMAX. And as a preview to the movie, they showed an updated, like digitally enhanced mm-hmm. 14-minute thriller, the video, thriller, in IMAX. And he said it was one of the most amazing things he's ever seen still. Mm. Oh, it's awesome. How about how the, how that's hold, held up through all the computer technology and everything? That still has like a terrifying air to it, doesn't it? And it lost to the first movie uh, or uh, video of the year award to the MTV Music Awards. It lost to the, the Cars. No, it did not. Yes, it did. Magic? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's No, not Magic. Um, you might you think. You might think. Yeah. You might think was cool. When it came out, it blew everybody's minds. Okay, it wasn't thriller. Isn't that the one that you did the- Yeah. Things you didn't know about. Yes. Video Rewind. Bill's yeah. Video Rewind, where we made him watch videos from the 80s. You're overdue for one of those, by the way. Which one? <laughs> I told you, Van Halen, Pretty Woman. Oh, yeah. It is- oh, is that the one with the little people? <laughs> yes. All right, yeah. do that for Val. But Thriller, 14 minutes. John- uh, It's a feature film. Landis directed- And it- if you caught the full length, it was like, ah, oh, this is the greatest day ever. Yeah, because they had the two the versions edit. of it. Yeah. That's so funny. It lost to the cars. Michael Jackson's had to be like, are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) For real? I lost. Do you know how much money I spent on that? (laughs) I spent over $7 million. Yeah. Yeah. The cars were like, really? We just got this new computer program. (laughs) We did our whole music video on that. Now you can do the cars, um, you might think, video on Snapchat. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The same technology. Oh, yeah. It was like the Oregon Trail, except the very perverted version of it. Yeah, exactly. A bar in Auburn Hills, Michigan, temporarily lost its liquor license because of safety concerns involving customers throwing axes. The Hub Stadium Bar actually has enclosed lanes where patrons can throw axes at wooden targets. Unfortunately, officials witnessed people throwing axes at bottles of booze, walking barefoot across a tightrope while throwing axes, and throwing two axes at one time, which are all no-nos. So the Michigan Liquor Control Commission stepped in and suspended their license so the owners can make sure that everybody is following the safety rules. I know there's an axe-throwing place out, I think, like in Imperial, maybe? There's one in Millvale. And oh, yeah. During Mill- axes. During Millvale days, they had a remote 
axe throwing stand set mm-hmm. up so it was like on the back of a truck like a dunking booth yeah and you like stepped up and there was like two lanes and people were throwing axes on the street in millvale i you know i think you got to go two-handed when you do it well oh, in definitely. michigan it's illegal so oh, all right. to well, go we know what happened in michigan then somebody got hit with an axe <laughs> no more two-handed <laughs> The sister of Michael Hutchins blames his decline and what she says was his eventual suicide on a traumatic brain injury. In her new book, Michael, My Brother, Lost Boy of NXS, Tina Hutchins says he was never the same after a 1992 fight with a cab driver. She tells Britain's Guardian, while he lost his sense of smell and taste, I don't believe he was told much else about what could happen. He was put on Prozac and told he'd get over the headaches. She compares his decline to CTE that yeah. football players and boxers suffer. She adds that in his final months, Michael was harassed by London's paparazzi and tabloids, a situation made worse by his ex-partner, Polly Yates, taking up with Bob Geldof, um, which when I was reading this, I'm like, he died of autoerotic asphyxiation. Yes, he did. Which I Googled the story just to confirm that. Uh, they said officials estimate about 500 to 1,000 people die from autoerotic asphyxiation every year. That's a lot. But it's mistakenly categorized as a suicide or a homicide. And uh, what is that again? Exactly? That's when you hang yourself while you're uh, pleasuring yourself. It and, intensifies the... And then you let... Big you know, finish. You free yourself before you die. Um, you got to be efficient. If you're lucky. I remember when that happened, there was like two people that might have died within a small uh, period of time. And I think, what was the other one? Kung David Fu guy. Carradine. David Carradine. Michael Hutchins. Well, he definitely, there's no mistaking that he died of autoradic. Well, didn't he have like women's clothes on? And his, he had a rope tied around his junk. Oh my God. He was hanging his junk. Too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a junk lynching. They, this article that I read said most of the deaths are either there. Most of them are men. And it's either young men who are inexperienced or older men who have to do so much more. Oh, like that they go not, to extremes and it gets dangerous. You really went down the rabbit hole of autoerotic asphyxiation. I didn't. I just Googled because I wanted to. I was sure that's what he died from, that it wasn't a suicide. No, it was definitely hanging. And that was all in this article. Did it need improved? Um, <laughs> just a general question. It's pretty good on its own. Did you yeah, need to up know. the ante? What that deviance, like what in your brain makes that deviance? I, like- I mean, has anybody ever had one and be like, nah, it could be better? <laughs> We had to ha- apparently so. We had in uh, five hundred people a year. Half of uh, one of our theology classes when I was in high school was dedicated to this. What the priest saw, in a Catholic saw school? it on Oprah, and he really is he was. Uh, by the way, he was named. A lot of flags should have gone was, up at this school. He was in the report. Oh no, Slocum. That was the guy's name. So he he was my confirmation sponsor. Also, he. Um, he stopped the class and talked all about it. He's like, "You can't be hanging." And I just remember doing, like him, like he kind of made a joke out of the whole thing. Like, you don't need a belt. Just a young boy. But I don't understand how like the inexperienced part comes in. Like, do they like some guys? Well, like, I'd like to masturbate, but this, the hanging scares me. And they're like, "Dude, you don't have to do it that. Who told you, you had to do it that way? You need a sponsor for this." <laughs> And how do you, you how do you realize that you have that deviance? Like, do you see it in porn, and you're like, "Yeah, that's." I don't know. Like, I think where someone just do tells you, you discover it? 
I don't know. I've seen a bunch of porn, and I've never seen that. Never porn. seen that. Never. First time I heard of it was either much Michael Hutchins or David Carradine. Like whichever one school. of those came first in high school. Yeah. So it wasn't like it's not like something that you hear about all the time. I had never. No, heard it's about it. very. It's probably one of the most deviant <laughs> fetishes. You keep saying deviant. It it is. I just th- I don't is know. it deviant aside from the norm? Yes. Well, oh yeah, deviated. Yeah, okay. It is deviant. I'm not trying to defend it. It sounded like I was. It okay, like okay, I was. Listen, Val. It's totally normal. No, we're mad. Not everybody the- that does it is bad. We're mad at the autoerotic asphyxiators now. You got to get the belt from Rite Aid. That's the key. Yeah, <laughs> with a They're pair of glasses. They're not great belts. They break. I guess you don't need to find a, a partner who's into it because that's something you know. do by yourself. Was yeah, that on? Do, well, don't you have to have a spotter? No, that's why people die. You would think. Was anything about this on Kavanaugh's calendar? Was there any nickname? Was this boofing? Is that what that is? Uh-uh. Oh, okay. No, this was the devil's triangle. Oh, okay. That makes yeah. sense. Um, Your legs are spread out. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> All right. Led Zeppelin is out with three new digital-only 50th anniversary sets on all digital download and streaming services uh, released yesterday. The collections include, I'm assuming this is Led Zeppelin by Led Zeppelin. It's just an X. Uh, An introduction to Led Zeppelin and the digital version of the band's first ever Record Store Day release. The three new releases coincide with the 50th anniversary of when the band began recording their debut album. The self-titled debut album was released in January of 1969. John Bon Jovi's wine has been very well received. His Diving into Hampton Water French Rosé received a score of 90 out of 100 from the influential Wine Spectator magazine. Wow, fancy schmancy stuff for the Jersey kids. So rock and roll. Yeah. And uh, finally, Bill Cosby's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame has been vandalized with someone scribbling the words serial rapist and hashtag me too on it. This comes after the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce said they will not be removing the monument despite him being sentenced to three to ten years in prison for sexual assault. His star has been defaced several times before. Forecast today, sun later, 70 for the high, it's 53 at DVE. Okay, coming up, Mike Pursuit with your sports. We've got football Sunday night in the Berg. Your Bud Light game day bar of the week, Bella Luna in Murraysville, 250 Bud Light, 20-ounce drafts. During all Steeler games, Bella Luna in Murraysville, that's your Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week. Dave Damashek from the NFL Network coming up. Sean Collier from Pittsburgh Magazine reviewing Night School and Pick of the Litter and Science Fair out in theaters this weekend. Joe Hayden, 845, and Know Your Enemy with John Eisenberg of BaltimoreRavens.com. That's all still to come here on your home of the Steelers, DV. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. It's Steelers-Ravens. Mike, throw out the records. There's no love lost between these two teams. As pointed out yesterday by a PFT commenter, this is the traditional cliche uh, uh, old school rivalry game. But uh, has it lost something at all? I don't think it has. Uh, Maybe a little defense. There was, well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sports is not brought to you by Blackish on My22. All the cliched crap that you referenced actually applies in this game and uh the sense i got in the locker room yesterday was that kind of a mental page had been turned and the players are really starting to focus in on baltimore and they know what they're going to have to do and how they're going to have to play and how difficult a game this is going to be and maybe randall just at the right time for the steelers they need something to kind of bring it all together don't you think yeah I do. I mean, it's kind of slappy so far, right? This could be a gelling weekend for yes. the team. Yes. Uh, all right. 
this is messed up, this guy stinks, this guy's an a-hole, but we hate these guys. Let's go kick their ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's this, right. Let's... Put all that other stuff on the back burner and go get them. You can bond over that. Yeah, and maybe get a little uh, little bounce from it if yeah. it goes the right way. To achieve that uh, victory, they're going to have to do a better job playing within the rules. Defensive coordinator Keith Butler talked about that yesterday. Uh, roughing the passer penalties aside, the defense has to stop taking so many penalties. Well, the league has got to, you know, decide what they want to do with it and all that stuff. I mean, we just—I'm a coach. I'm trying to coach them uh, up on the rules, and, and hopefully, we won't get penalties. You know, I'm sure the penalties uh, cost us some daggum points and stuff like that. But you know, one of those, it's one of those things. We got to try to try to stay within the, the rules and. Uh, don't give up 15-yard penalties. I mean, it, that kills us. Dag gum. Got a dag gum out of butts. That's a good sign. Dag gum. That's number six since OTAs. Are we, are, we are keeping a dag gum count? The dag gum meter hit six yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it in my office. All right, good. One of them is off the record, but I'm counting it because I heard it. If you heard it, yeah. as long as it's got somebody to verify it, that's all we care about. It's, is there a goal? Is there an over-under? If he gets over 30, do I, we, does I something happen? Even, I never contemplated that. I just love when he says dad gum for some reason. It fascinates me. Do we all come into work wearing uh, white suits with bolo ties and bib overalls? Yeah. Did you tell us the origin of that, Mike? Was it like he wasn't trying to swear in front of his kids or something? Well, dad gum is an old school. Yeah, it's just southern. It, it is a southern non-swear word. Yeah, because they're polite down there. Some of them. Look, Mike's really newfound are. love for the SEC. He goes to one SEC game, and yeah. all of a sudden, everything one. in the South is better. Everything? It's not what I thought it to be. Let's put it that way. Now, I I have heard from many people who go to the games down there that it's still it feels like you're going to a 1970s college football game, or maybe a little bit even before earlier that. than yeah. that. Okay. Um, penalties uh, are a problem. <laughs> Jeez, the South has never been painted that way. Is living too far you in mean, the past? Like and, it was better a yeah, long time ago. I'll tell you what, yeah. <laughs> Make. Make Alabama bellum again. Yeah. <laughs> the defense isn't the only uh, phase of the operation that's taken too many penalties. Six for 75 yards on special teams. Unacceptable in Tampa. Here's special teams coordinator Danny Smith. We had too many penalties, man. Way too many penalties. Um, and we got to clean that up. We spend more time on the rules than anybody, okay? They know the rules. I know the rules. We know the rules. And uh, we had a couple of guys that had a little bit out of character. That's on me. Um, and we got to clean it up. We had six penalties on special teams. That's way too many. Uh, hard to win football games like that. we got to get it cleaned up, me and them. Now, back to the rules. Uh, roughing the passer, of course, dominating the conversation in the early going this season. Uh, the competition committee had a conference call on Wednesday night, an unscheduled conference call, to try to clarify this roughing the passer rule. Uh, Troy Vincent, uh, the executive vice president of football operations for the league, released a statement yesterday. It said, among other things, quote, the committee determined there would be no changes to the point of emphasis approved this spring or to the rule of which the body weight provision has been in place since 1995. To ensure consistency in officiating the rule, the committee clarified techniques that constitute a foul. Now, what they're what they're saying is that we had talked with Gene Steratore on Tuesday, and he said they kind of got to kind of let the referees and the officials use their officiating acumen, I think is the, the phrase he used, 
Let them determine if it's intentional or unintentional. Um, the league released a video, and it showed four examples of impermissible contact and four examples of permissible contact. None of the Clay Matthews hits were on the video. So yeah, that, they could have been on the permissible one. They could have, but they weren't on the impermissible one either. So it's right. kind of a tacit admission that they, they, they got, screwed up. They, they got those calls wrong. Uh the the emphasis or not emphasis, but a factor in this now is going to be whether a player tries not to have the preponderance of his body weight land on the quarterback. I mean the the one that I can't get over is every time I see the replay of uh, McCoy hitting Ben, he literally pulls up. He says yeah. "my bad" before Ben hits the ground. Yeah, that one shouldn't have been a penalty, and I think you're going to see a subtle. But significant change in this. You just you can't slam the guy to the ground. You can't drive him into the ground. But if you hit him and you're both falling in the act of making a tackle, it sounds like uh, they're going to let that go. And maybe all it's going to take is getting the hands out. Look, I'm I'm trying to get off this guy, but I just can't. Uh, that would be a welcome change. Uh, I, I think that pendulum swung way too far in the other direction. So uh, keep an eye on that as the games progress and. Uh, Keep an eye on the scoreboard. Keith Butler said the Steelers got to do a better job there. We're giving up too many points. We gotta, we gotta stop doing that as much as we can. Good, good plan. <laughs> giving up too many points. Got to try to stop doing that. Good luck. You should write that down. And put it on the wall, maybe. Tap it before, Tap they, it before they, they go on the field. Yeah. Try not to stink today. Don't, <laughs> don't stink today. Uh, the other side of that scoreboard uh, ought to get uh, a little bit better if uh, Danny Smith is correct. Uh, he thinks that the Steelers have identified and corrected a mechanical flaw in Chris Boswell's kicks. Uh, we think so, and uh, I think you'll see an improvement. He's a good player that's not playing good right now. I think you'll see a difference. All right. Sometimes it's all it takes. We shall see. Yeah, you get a little off sometimes. Yeah. You know, you get the yips. 38-31, uh, Rams over the Vikings last night. Uh, Kirk Cousins had 422 <laughs> passing yards. He was the second highest total in the game. That's insane. <laughs> Jared Goff had 465. Yeah. That kid, Cooper Cup, had 162 yards and two touches. I don't know that I've ever even heard of him. Neither had I. Yeah, he was a rookie last year. He lit up the senior bowl. I think Washington State or somewhere such okay. as that. He was uncoverable uh, last night. He's really good. Uh, Penn State, uh, number nine Penn State hosting number four Ohio State. Saturday night in Happy Valley, number 12 West Virginia at number 25 Texas Tech at noon. And Pitt is at number 13 UCF at 3.30. You playing that music because I'm done? Yes, sir. Okay. Did you have something what pressing? Nah. Well, Young Ho Gung's coming back. Going to meet the Bucks in Cincinnati this weekend. Hope okay. he's not driving. No, no. <laughs> Poodle, you'll drive him. Oh, well. well yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So, Can't when we just do the share ride? When we come back, Dave Damashek from the NFL Network. The Pittsburgh Fantasy Football Challenge is back at DV.com. Grand prize for week $400 Steeler Pro Gift Shop card. Head to DV.com for rules and registration. You got to submit a lineup by 1255 Sunday, September 30th. And uh, it's all right there at DV.com. The Pittsburgh Fantasy Football Challenge. Take it today.
Joe Hayden joins us next hour here on your home of the Steelers, DVE. It's the DVE Morning Show. We're your home of the Pittsburgh Steelers, 102.5 DVE, the flagship station of the Black and Gold, welcoming from uh, the flagship of the entire league, the NFL Network. It's the one and only Dave Damashek right now. Oh, he got a yeah. round of applause. Oh, yeah. I, I like that. Got to, well, that's, look at that. that's very nice and richly deserved, fellas. <laughs> and, uh, you know what? How are we? I think uh, I think we're all breathing a little bit easier, right? We we, we survived no uh, Fitz Magic, and no, uh, I know. next stop the stars, right? Well, let me ask you this. All right, James Harrison makes a comment on Skip Bayless's show saying Lev Bell should sign and then fake an injury to get paid. <laughs> ha- has any other former? I mean, let's call him a hero. He was a Super Bowl hero. Anybody else done more to make a fan base of his uh, his old team turn against him than James, Har- James Harrison? I mean, the guy went and played Terry for the Bra- Patriots. What about Terry Bradshaw? Terry Bradshaw on a weekly basis disparages Mike Tomlin, Chuck Noll, who knows what else. He, he, can, he can barely stomach even visiting the banks of the Three Rivers that made him a hero for all of time in pro football. And all he can do is uh, is spit on the black and gold. I once heard Terry Bradshaw say that uh, what the, his large lament. He was on one of those local uh, NFL kind of shows that was all about the Raiders, and he said, "You know, my great regret in uh, in my NFL career is that I never got to play for the Raiders." What? What? You that? what? What does that even mean? You wanted to play for the Oakland Raiders? Yeah, but... You, you were on the better side of the AFC mountain. What are you talking about? You wish you had played for the Raiders. Shame the devil. This is, you know what? Yes, James Harrison, it's it's outrageous. And I think we better all steal ourselves for what's coming next. Cause oh, I know. Levy and Bell, mm-hmm. I mean, let's just pray he winds up in the NFC Nay, in the NFC West, as far away from us as he can be. I don't think... Or better yet, maybe get a London team and make sure that he's not even uh, stateside because what he's going to say to disparage the Steelers, I think, is going to hurt our all our feelings. I don't, th- I don't no think he's doubt. coming back to anywhere near the form. If, if any uh, of the indications of his, uh, you know, w- lack of workout regimen right now, uh, if that says anything to me, it says he doesn't care so much that he thinks, well, I'll just whip my body back into shape. I think, and there's, and there's no joke here, I think that literally his agent said to him, you're going to skip a week or two, we're going to save a little bit of tread on the tires, and uh, then we'll report, we'll put up some big numbers, we'll get a big contract. And then someone uh, around him said, so he doesn't have to go to work for two more or three more weeks? And they're, and they're like, yeah. And he goes... Well, you could smoke pot then, Lev. And he was and like, eat lasagna. Go boom. Ahead. And he just started smoking weed. And then he heard his teammates say, uh, you know, this is BS. He's not coming. And he was like, well, I'm just going to sit here and get high then. I don't. I honestly, I question whether or not he's going to come back and be the Lev Bell that we knew before. I think it's bad. I get the idea of the reason I think he wouldn't. He he won't ultimately do that is because it's a bad, not just bad look. It's not just bad. Uh, from perception's sake, it's it's practically bad. There's not a ton of evidence that it's a great idea for a guy to take off a full year, to never play any game, never practice. Mm-hmm. There's not much evidence that, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Lemieux did it and got away with it as a hockey guy. But I, I, I don't know how many people out there have successfully returned. after. I mean, like I don't mean like, yeah, he went through training camp and he ripped his knee up in week one and uh, that derailed it. So he's... This, I mean, like no football at all for a year. I can't imagine that that uh, th- that that's good for him. 
But yeah, for real, Maurice Jones-Drew, I who I bring up because I like to name drop, but also um, <laughs> because it, it, it applies here. You know, he's talked to Lev Bell and Bauman. You and I played that. You played some of that sound from what he said. He was Lev Bell was hurt. His feelings got hurt by the that's by ridiculous teammates, talking bad about them. But in return, their feelings were hurt by Levy and Bell not cluing them in in advance to what his plan was and how long he was going to be out. Listen, the bottom line is this. I, we're off the schneid now, and what's important, before we talk about any of the, any of the soap opera, any of the other stuff about the, what James Harrison is or isn't saying, let's just remember this. This is it. You know, Let's not get distracted. This is Steelers-Ravens week. This is a holy week. If we were 0-2-1, <laughs> it, would, it would be – then I would say, okay, we can indulge our, uh, our lesser, angels, uh, lesser angels and get down in the dumps about it and look, at, uh, look over at Cleveland and say, are they going to be better than us this year? But no, we're 1-1-1 one, one, and one, right in the mix here early in the season. The birdies are coming to town, and we do it at least once annually, if not twice. Let's do it again. Let's remember, everybody, which side of the greatest rivalry in the 21st century pro football are you going to settle down on? Do you want to be with the team named after the, the great men and women of Western Pennsylvania <laughs> who went into the steel mills in the mid-20th century to, to, make the, to, to make the material required to forge the ships and the tanks and the artillery that defeated the Nazi skirt. <laughs> or, or, do you want to side with the team named after a man who resided in New York City and Boston and made some, uh, some famous pages, and then at the tail end of his life, moved to Baltimore, got drunk, and died? That's <laughs> you, okay? Up to you. Up to you. Which one sounds better? You don't you you don't like the Steelers? You don't like America. That's Go what I say. Mussolini. Go talk to Mussolini about it if you don't like it. Amen, Dave. I'm with you. I hate See Baltimore. What Shanghai Shack has, see what Shanghai Shack has to say about it. <laughs> the most uh, World War II references since Mike pursued his last <laughs> appearance on our broadcast. <laughs> 15 minutes ago. I hate Baltimore. I hate everything about Baltimore. I hate the wire. I hate the color purple. Not the movie, the actual color. I hate it all. <laughs> the charm city. Seems like they're trying for something there. Like they're trying to plant a seed there, aren't they? We're the charm city. Yeah, you know what we are? We're the city of champions. We'll see you. <laughs> well, look, they've got a veteran quarterback who's had great success and won a Super Bowl. I know. I don't like it, though. I, you know what? For real, what really is, it, it, I, and we know it, and it sends a cold chill up my spine. Joe Flacco, elite, all this and that. I listened to PFT Commander on yesterday morning show, and you <laughs> talked about elite and this and that, and the fact that he does have a weird knack for, here are the things that he does. He had that one five-week stretch about six years ago. Check. He When he's up against it contractually, he plays his best. Check. And the other thing is, week to week, the reason the Ravens suffer is uh, perennially, even though that they generally get close to or into the playoffs, is every year they enter it coming through 
uh, August with a new OC or whatever. You know what? Maybe Flacco. We'll cut him loose this year. Maybe he can drive the offense instead of it being a running game. About midway through the year, they realize, oh, yeah, that's right. Joe Flacco's not that good. We better start handing it off again. Except for this asterisk. He always shows up at Heinz Field. That's what I hate. I hate that Flacco, mm-hmm. he just keeps on firing. He always plays well in Heinz. That's what gives the Ravens a puncher's chance on Sunday night. But outside of that, the other thing we have to worry about, fellas, isn't Flacco and the uh, Ravens to the right of us. It's the the Browns to the left of us <laughs> um, with uh, with this Baker Mayfield jazz. I, I, I don't oh, know I'm what. terrified of Baker Mayfield. I am terrified. Really? I am too. Let's just remember that he has played 30 minutes of a good game. Like, you know, that everybody has anointed him, and maybe that's what, uh, you know, I, I, it is remarkable that not just people in Cleveland, but the entirety, it seems, of football America has completely bought in, as though the last 30 years with the Cleveland Browns <laughs> haven't happened. Like, oh, no, we saw enough on uh, that Thursday night game. Yeah, he's good. No, no. Browns fixed. Next subject, you know what? With, well, thirty times is a Browns. charm. I mean, this is their thirtieth <laughs> quarterback. Yeah, but here's the thing: I don't think the Steelers reserve the right to make fun of the Browns drafting any longer. I think we've drafted almost as poorly as they have in the last six years. Look at some of our number one picks on the Art, defensive side: Artie of the Burns, not good, Jarvis Jones, Bud Dupree. We're not exactly yeah. lighting it up. Yeah, you're like that. Uh, There are those certain actors who make a deal with the devil or or they just sort of accept their fate and they realize, hey, I can have a a place in Hollywood by uh, just playing the bad guy all the time, like the grizzly looking like that must be a weird thing to have to accept that, uh, you know, like that you're that guy. Like, yeah, we'll give you acting roles. You're always the bad guy because you are intrinsically evil to look at. Right. it's uh, it, it's that sort of thing, but in the same way, this is like, wow, well, yeah, you're you're good at drafting, but only wide receivers. When you <laughs> wide receivers, you're all set. Like that's where yeah. that's your role. You you can be the wide receiver drafter. Otherwise, more uh, more uh, uneven results. So defensively, we're kind of a mess right now. But at least they made some big plays. Like I, I said earlier this week, we traded in last year's defense for one that is much worse than even that was at the end of the year last year. But we added in some big plays in the midst of all of that terrible morass of uh, you know uh, ineptitude. Yes, but I, I you know, it's it, it, here's something that I think is uh, sort of interesting about 21st century. Uh, NFL philosophy and Willie McGinnis. Then I bring him up again to name drop, but also because it's relevant. <laughs> is he said, uh, you know, at the turn of the century, Bill Belichick sort of identified that that uh, in, in this new century there would be no such thing, with very few exceptions, like the Jaguars and the Broncos a couple years ago, and a couple others out there, the Ravens, I guess, in 2000, Steelers in uh, odd eight, but. There, you're not going to just completely smother your opponent. There's no such thing anymore as the 1976 Steelers just, you know, holding the uh, the other team to minus four points again. <laughs> uh, you, now it's about taking it away all the time. And uh, so they, you know, the Patriots statistically are never at the top of uh, the charts for, you know, defensive stats except in the uh, plus-minus department, and that's the key. You have to make two to three Critical plays that turn the ball over. That's what it's all about. 
And it's funny that that the reason that the Patriots always beat the Steelers, according to a Patriots insider, is is that Roethlisberger, like any other NFL quarterback, as it turns out, they all have egos. They all have big <laughs> egos. They all think they can make the throws. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you're ten. They see it like, oh, you're playing it so that I can't beat you with the deep ball. I'll show you, and I'm going to throw the deep ball. Tom Brady always takes the check down. If that's what you give him, then he'll just keep on throwing it underneath to the running back. Most other NFL QBs have to force the ball. Oh, you don't think I can make that hard throw? Watch this, other uh, Bill Belichick. Oh, you intercepted it. The Steelers are now finally starting to play that kind of way, I think. And that's why you see those two safeties uh, dropping way back now. They're trying to make every t- – they're the Steelers now, that's the way to do it. Make every team – uh, have long 10, 11 play drives against you. Don't let anybody beat you deep. And uh, and seven and company have enough on offense. And this should uh, this should be our winning path. Listen, it's not, I know that, that there's no fun in any of that conversation, but it's not time for fun now. We put ourselves in a hole yet again, and now it's time to dig back out. And it starts, or at least it continues, with a victory on Sunday night against the Bald Birdies. Dave Damashek from the NFL Network, bringing you real talk this morning on the DVE Morning Show. David, it's always a pleasure, and thanks for whooping up the the, uh, the the Steeler fans prior to the game. Boy, I, I constantly hear people telling me that you are uh, you get them all worked up into a frenzy. Well, that's a, you know what that, I, I I feel that's my responsibility as I spread the. Uh, the good word uh, as a Lemuist traveling abroad, you know, I think yeah. that's my responsibility to to uh, spread the the black and gold wherever <laughs> I can do it. You know, Steve right. Byrne out there, sure. I, you know, I, I these you know all over Hollywood, you mm. know, Dennis Miller, everybody that wherever mm. I go, that's what people are buzzing about the but, Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, but in particular, when you come on the show on Fridays, the response I get is that people are so excited, you you get them really fired up for the game and they're ready to run through a wall. So I I, I, I it's like you're a yinzer fluffer. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a greater compliment than that. <laughs> that might be that that might be uh on my tombstone. Yeah, put that on there. <laughs> if I ever write an autobiography, I think that may be the title. This is great news. Dave Damashek, Yinzer Fluffer. This morning. Yinzer Fluffer. <laughs> that sounds like a sandwich they sell at Permanis. <laughs> Dave, give me the yins or fluff, but hold the onions. Yeah. <laughs> they put fluff on a pastrami. Uh, Dave. Dave, it's chipped ham, it's chipped ham, it's Heinz ketchup, all all Heinz products all dumped yeah. in there. <laughs> some chipped ham, ham and some jumbo and uh, every kind of Heinz product. And Heinz Ward serves there, it to you, yeah. <laughs> uh, Dave Damashek, thanks, buddy. Take care, fellas. The Monday Night Football TV crew. That was the the first time I got to see start to finish. I'm a big fan of Booger. I really like Booger Crane. The Booger Crane, I mean. Yeah, I call it the snot rocket. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that is pretty great. Uh, But Jason Witten and Tessator are absolutely terrible. And I noticed Jason Witten, he, uh, he was a balding guy. And then he took a cue from Terry Bradshaw. Well, if I'm going on TV, I better put a rug on. Is that a rug that Jason Witten is wearing, or did he get Erlockered? Because they do have to transfer it from other parts of your body. <laughs> they do, yeah. And that's, it's very dark. When I first noticed it, I was like, yeah, this is definitely the Brian Erlocker treatment, who actually has very soft baby hair. I got to, He came into the office, he got to, to pet it a little bit. doesn't really match up with the, uh, the reputation he has as like a hard-nosed guy. It's like, 
This is uh, this is some infant hair you've got on your head. <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Baby hair, Erlocker. <laughs> PFT commenter on the show there yesterday from uh, Pardon My Take podcast. Steelers, Ravens, Sunday night football. We go from Monday night football to uh, the prime time prime time stage Sunday night here at Heinz Field. Oh boy, you know I used to go to the Sunday night games and I go to the first half and then I would go home. And then catch a little bit on the radio on my drive home and watch the rest, you know, right. to get some sleep. I don't know if I can do it anymore, Val. No, I, too I much. I don't know if I can put myself through it. But it it's, does it's feel a like day. a real late night. But the weather won't be bad. No, it's going to be great weather this weekend. And you don't get a lot of those like late night non freeze your ass off games. Yeah. And I don't, I don't like to miss those, so I'm torn between not grinding myself to, you know to a nub you know by going way too hard week, too fast tough. yeah oh wake up monday with no sleep well you're not Only gonna get any more. sleep anyways yeah that's true so you might as well be there and feel some of the energy i'm gonna be down there oh you're doing the oh yeah i'm hosting the tailgate brother. and then you're staying for the game maybe <laughs> <laughs> i'm happy to do whatever they want me I, to do yeah i usually don't go to the games but if they'd like me to. But what do you want to do? Maybe you could do? go together. What do I want to do? Yeah. I want to do what I usually do, which what? is host the tailgate, uh-huh. uh, party like crazy, sure, and then uh, hightail it back to the house and put sweatpants <laughs> on and watch it and, and my big screen. Well, uh, hopefully it will be a raucous crowd. We need the home field advantage. Oh, sure. Sunday night against the Ravens. We got uh, Joe Hayden coming up at 8:45. We'll talk to Steelers uh, cornerback Joe Hayden, and they've uh, had some issues in the secondary. So we'll hear what Joe has to say. He's certainly uh, not a problem. No, one of the strong points for us, no doubt. All right, Val, what do you got? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. For 11. It's 58 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by CBS Television. I'm Val Porter. The CDC says 80,000 Americans died from the flu last season. That means the flu killed more than traffic collisions, gun violence, and opioid overdoses last year. It's also a big spike in flu deaths. A severe season is usually about 60,000 Americans killed. The CDC pins the increase increase on the H3 virus, which is especially deadly among children and the elderly. Flu season runs until spring, and the CDC is urging everyone to get their flu shot. Get your friend on Instagram is not right about vaccines. <laughs> get the flu shot. People. What what is making those numbers so high? Like what's skewing those numbers? Well, is they it just old said people this, and kids. Yeah, and, this yeah. H3 virus they said was it's bad a, last year for kids and the elderly. We're seeing particularly a sp- virulent strain. We're seeing a spike of deaths among influencers. Uh, <laughs> anyone who will tell you about essential oils against your will is at a higher risk. Anybody who is a huge fan of singled out. Yeah. I mean those num that eighty thousand people is just stunning to me. Yeah, that's so many people. According to a new survey, more millennials are choosing to smoke pot instead of drink booze, and their reasons for making the choice seem logical. They find weed more relaxing, and they don't have to deal with regret about bad behavior the night before or that nasty hangover the next morning. Also, many have been doing the math and figuring out marijuana for them can be a cheaper alternative. Uh, yeah, well, here's the game changer that wasn't mentioned there. Vapes. 
because all about the vapes. The ease with which you can partake marijuana by having a vape. A vape uh, so you have a that's a, just like an oil cartridge. It's like it's you know those jewels that all the kids are are uh, smoking. Those vapes, those little black things, mm-hmm. or the, any kind of vape where you see people put those like flavored cartridges in and mm-hmm. they blow huge plumes of smoke yeah. out of well there's thc cartridges yes that have a thc you know component in them that basically you know you, you get high instead of just getting a nicotine fix it's thc not nicotine so you don't have to fire up a bowl or a joint and it's uh, not as seemingly um it's not as intense if uh, if you go at it the right way, apparently. So people can just kind of <laughs> hit it real nice and like easy, and they're not like stinking like pot. Uh, pot. Right. They didn't just smoke a blunt. Right. So they, you know, it's very. <laughs> you don't smell like Cheech and Chong. It's very compact. And uh, you convenient. Know, doesn't and it have slows to, your drinking down, and so you, you don't, don't spend as much. Well, yeah, that's it, what these. The millennials are going to the pot, not the booze. Yeah, it's just the ease with which you know you can carry it around in your pocket. Mm-hmm. You know, a six pack is uh, cumbersome. <laughs> it can be. Yeah, yeah. You only have four pockets. That's right. <laughs> and you gotta double fist it. It's too tough. No bueno. A suspected jewel thief sitting in a Texas jail after trying to claim a Crime Stoppers reward for his own arrest. Well, I mean, he's got an argument. Brandon Diaz was a wanted man for allegedly stealing jewelry from a family member, but he then posted on the Palm View Crime Stoppers Facebook page asking if if he could get his own reward. He didn't stop there, but instead placed several emojis of happy faces in the post. However, the 19-year-old ended up in jail anyway and was seen in a picture posted by Crime Stoppers in handcuffs. He was sitting in a Hidalgo County Sheriff's vehicle and there was a message answering he had officially been taken into custody but not getting the cash. This is a citizen's arrest. He just slaps the cups on himself. (laughs) HBO Boxing coming to an end. Uh, which that was big for them. The cable network announced plans to drop its live boxing coverage by the end of the year. It's been one of the top boxing broadcasters of the last 45 years. Uh, Many notable fighters like Mike Tyson, Floyd Mayweather, Oscar De La Hoya, Roy Jones Jr. have appeared on the channel. HBO has aired more than 1,100 fights, the first in 1973 between George Foreman and Joe Frazier. HBO HBO airs its final boxing card on October 27th. This is more about the death of boxing than it is about the death of HBO. No, it's because just, the it's sport mar- yeah. is just done. Yeah, it's the, it's a UFC controlled market right now. I remember growing up, that was the worst money you could spend. Whoever paid for the Tyson pay per view, it was over <laughs> before it started. Yeah. The, this news, however, welcomed by 15 year olds whose parents have gone to bed and are hoping they see something <laughs> with a boob in it on HBO. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think the only fight I ever watched was uh, Tommy Gunn. And I think George Foreman, well, like 1992. Oh, my gosh. You're really going back. Yeah. That's the only fight. You never watched Mike Tyson fights? No. God, those were oh, cultural events. Man. Get the, a keg. No. There, yeah. It was, literally, it was literally like you'd get a keg and everybody would show up and you you just were so excited to see this guy destroy people. The way he like, came out of the corner, oh. it was he was a pit bull. It's it's still I've never seen anything like that. Nobody could hit him. He was so fast, and if he get, hit you with an uppercut, you were dead. 
And the only reason Buster Douglas beat him that one time is because it was like a cry for help from Mike, who just kind of gave up on life. And then we got to see him bite somebody's ear off. It turns out not mentally stable, but easily rehabilitated and, a and uh, convicted. Yes, and served uh, time. Yes, and uh, oh e- yeah, easily rehabilitated his image, and, and now is a beloved Hollywood uh, star who yeah. had a Broadway show. Very rare that that happens. Wait a minute! You tell me the convicted rapist with the face tattoo and the pet tiger might not be mentally stable. Might not be mentally stable. This just in the guy there who was... talks to pigeons all do day. Do you do you consider him oh my to God, be he's crazy? Something like Britney Spears, and then he was this young, really talented, really talented at what he did, and just was taken advantage of by people he around him. He was physically and no sexually question. abused. Oh and yeah, Don King just yeah he totally was, took advantage of him, and he grew up in abject poverty, and he was fighting grown men when he was fourteen years old. That's, he was robbing people. He was they they were doing like Fight Club stuff where they were underground. Like pimps and hustlers were making him fight and putting money on it. People are awful. That's yeah. that's very true and relevant. Britney Spears, however, her bottoming out was shaving her head and walking into a bathroom barefoot. Yeah. So she had crazy. quite a downfall. She did, but it, her it, hers is like I feel bad for her, and that that was mental health, mm-hmm. which is by the way how I, I need to approach AB. Instead of getting like so angry like I, I, I do when he has these tantrums and I'm trying to like logically break down why what he's doing doesn't make sense. That That's not how you do it. You'd have to, you just have to be like well, you know, you can't get mad at the mentally ill because there's just some kind of psychosis that AB has. He shaved his head and showed up in a helicopter. That was a <laughs> turns out that's a cry for help. Yeah. No, Brittany just had a mental breakdown. Total mental breakdown. I mean, I can understand it. You're you're in a fishbowl. You come out of your house. There's 50 TMZ reporters. Mac in Miller, your face. right? Mac Miller. I mean, it wasn't like public in the way that Britney's was, but his death for sure had something to do with his drug addiction, which was brought about by him trying to cope with all of this. Him trying to just numb the numb the pain yeah. of being in the public eye constantly. His own words. I mean, that's not conjecture. He talked about that. Right. It's just, it's a tough thing. People aren't supposed to be like, you aren't supposed to have to contend with that. I remember reading an article where I think it was in Maxim magazine or something where the, the guy who was interviewing Tyson said that this whole thing started, I'm sitting there in the room and I've got a fork in the back of my head. Tyson had pulled him over and had a fork in the back of his head and was like, you see how that feels? That's how it feels to wake up as uh, Mike Tyson every day. And then he said he punched his tiger in the junk. Like, it, like this this interview was absolutely bonkers. Oh, my God. I was like, what is Tyson doing? Remember, he went totally bankrupt. He had, mm-hmm. like, an $11 million estate in Vegas that just he completely couldn't take care of anymore. Yeah, his career re- rehabilitation wasn't like, I want to atone. It was like, I need money. I will appear oh, anywhere yeah. and say anything to anyone. And then he shows up in a Hangover movie, and he's yeah. back. He's doing one-man shows. I still wish he would have beat up Brad Pitt. Do you ever hear that story? Mm-mm. Brad Pitt was on a date with Robin Givens, and he went to drop her off, and Mike Tyson oh, was standing in the driveway. God. Yeah. Is there anybody else you would be more scared to see in that scenario? No. I would never call her again. No. no. Ever. You would have to go fictional, like like if Jason was in the driveway. <laughs> I mean, I'd be marginally more frightened. Right. You show up at home, and Luke Cage is in the, yeah. in the hallway. It's like, uh-oh. 
Bradley Cooper got advice on how to play a rock star in the remake of A Star is Born from a real rock star, Eddie Vedder. Cooper tells Yahoo that Vedder's initial reaction wasn't great. He thought it was crazy that he was going to do the movie. He was like, what, bro, don't do that. After the initial reaction, Vedder invited Cooper to hang out with him, and Cooper said uh, he went up to Seattle and spent four or five days with him and uh, asked him like 9,000 questions, he said. Uh, He told him minor little things only musicians know about what to do, like aesthetic things and inner workings of being a rock star. A Star is Born will hit theaters on October 5th, and Bill and I mentioned this earlier this morning, already getting Oscar buzz. Yeah, Lady Gaga. So I can't wait to see it. Lady Gaga is apparently fantastic in this. And he said, they don't have to understand what you're saying. That is not part of rock and roll. (laughs) Sunny this afternoon, 70 for the high. It's 56 at DVE. We touched on this with Dave Damashek from the NFL Network earlier, but, you know, the hatred for Baltimore. I mean, Bill, I know you are one of those Steeler fans who has extreme hatred for this team. When they moved from Cleveland to Baltimore, it transferred the hate, and the rivalry kind of moved over there for years. Uh, It has been... Super intense at times, but I think it does wane in certain moments. And and maybe this is just me, but it feels to me like the the Steelers Ravens rivalry yeah. needs to be stoked a little. Oh yeah, I mean all all I have to do is think about Baltimore, mm-hmm. and my heart starts pounding, and I start to get angry. I I hate Baltimore. Here, by the way, here's a fun fact. If you look up things to do in Baltimore, the number one result is to get stabbed buying heroin. That's the <laughs> number one result. Yeah, things a lot of people do, don't know that. Does Travelocity have that? Yeah. Oh, okay. I hate John Harbaugh. I hate Jim Harbaugh. I hate the harbor because it sounds like Harbaugh. I hate crabs, the sex ones, and the ocean ones. Both are rampant in Baltimore. I hate the wire. I hate the nickname Charm City. I hate the Orioles, except for Cal Ripken. I hate Camden Yards, except for the night. 95 when Cal Ripken broke Lou Gehrig's streak. Sure, well, that was a good one. Yeah. I hate the Chesapeake Bay. Oh, what's that across the water? It's Delaware. That bay sucks. <laughs> I hate the Ravens. It's a dumb bird. It's basically a crow that somebody wrote a poem about. <laughs> they should be named the Baltimore Crows, actually, because a group is called a murder of crows, and that's way more fitting for that team. <laughs> I hate the show that's so Raven. I hate Edgar Allan Poe. I hate John Waters. I hate Joan Jett's plastic surgeon what? i don't know if <laughs> what is that i don't know anything. if he's from baltimore oh. but she is <laughs> i hate joan jett's new face i hate montel jordan what? i hate the rib turtlenecks he used to wear he's from baltimore come on i hate ray rice i hate rice cakes i hate rice aroni even though it's a san francisco treat i hate ray lewis Harbaugh's out there i hate that we don't know where ray lewis was when joey porter got shot i hate obstruction of justice i hate white suits i hate his Hall of Fame speech. I hate the number 52. I hate all numerology thanks to him. I hate his dance, which if you're not familiar with you take the white suit to the right then you put it in the dumpster to the left and then you step out to the cops in the middle and say I got no white suit. I hate Ray Lewis again. I hate Ray Carruth. He isn't from Baltimore, but he is a murderer, and his name is Ray. I hate Trent Dilfer. I hate Shannon Sharp. I hate Ed Reed. I hate Todd Heap. I hate the word Heap. 
We already have the word pile. It sounds better and it's more versatile. I hate whoever the giant white tight end now is that plays for the Ravens. I hate purple and black. I hate the entire state of Maryland. I hate Michael Phelps. I hate competitive swimming. I hate Joe Flacco. I hate Steve Smith Sr. I hate Steve Smith Jr. I hate Stephen A. Smith. I hate Terrell Suggs' gums. I hate the Colts because they used to be from Baltimore. I hate Baltimore because they've always been Baltimore. Bill Crawford helping us remember. Brilliant. To generate the hate Sunday, Mm -hmm. the Steelers and the Ravens live here on your home of the Pittsburgh Steelers 102.5 DVE Sports. Mike, proceed with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Bill got us going there. We are ready for Sunday Night Football. (laughs) Steelers, Ravens, Mike, it is on. It is on. We're going to keep it going. Sports is brought to you by Bobby Ray Hall. .com. The practice report yesterday, some good news and a little bad news. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster with his abdomen upgraded from did not participate to limited yesterday. Same for Mike Hilton with his elbow. Hilton's still hopeful that he can play. Steelers going to need both of those guys against the Ravens. Morgan Burnett, groin. He was a full participant on Wednesday, downgraded to limited yesterday. Not sure if that's a setback or if they're just managing Morgan Burnett. Mm -hmm. He missed uh, the game Monday night in Tampa. The Ravens are getting a little healthier as well. Uh, Starting cornerback Brandon Carr, knee a full participant, as was linebacker C.J. Mosley, knee, and defensive tackle Michael Pierce, foot. Mosley and Pierce missed Baltimore's 27-14 win over Denver last Sunday. And that's a Ravens defense that... uh, was down two starters and still didn't give up a second-half touchdown. They haven't given one of those up all season. But they haven't played Ben Roethlisberger yet either. That's right. He's going to throw the ball 75 times on Sunday night. There's a 1,000 yards passing last night. <laughs> Might be a 1,000 more uh, this coming Sunday night. Good Lord. And the over is 52? One, I thought. 51? Unless it went up okay. yesterday. And Steelers have hit the over three times. Yes, well, they have. And them and, and their opponents. Yeah. That's I wonder how many times across the league it's hit so far this year. I bet more often than not. Without no, it. No pun intended. We, we touched <laughs> on this briefly. Is this, I know it's what the NFL wants, but is it ultimately good for the sport to just have these shootouts with no defense? I think it's regional. Like, for, for our region, I don't think it's good because – we grew up on defense. This and this running. area loves defense. And running, right? Yeah. Right. Who doesn't like a, a well-blocked running play or a back blasting somebody in the hole and shaking them off? Right. But, but I feel we're, like not, I, we're not the target demo, though. No. Absolutely. They're trying to grow the game. and they We're going to watch anyway. Right. Uh, they want the people that are easily distracted. Uh, I feel like i got to watch an Army game just to see somebody run the damn ball. <laughs> uh, you know, the Packers sweep, there was – majesty in that there was oh that's a great word there was you know like and we've lost that element of the game but look yes chicks dig the long ball and there is nothing quite like seeing guys air it out and having a receiver running under it perfectly in time but i just think after a while that that becomes boring just nonstop uh, dude, airing Gu- it out. Goff threw four f- touchdowns in the first half, half last night. First half. And there were some spectacular throws in that game last night. 38-31 uh, Rams over the Vikings, both Kirk Cousins 
and uh, Jared Goff went over 400 yards. Boring is the wrong word. I don't because monotonous. Not, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's a better. Yeah, it's like, like you go to the buffet, you want to have a little of everything. You yeah. don't want to just eat the steak. It, like it's like the people who don't like a well pitched one nothing baseball game. I get it, but like for people who love baseball, that is the greatest stuff. That is like the art of the game on display right there. Of course people are obsessed with high-scoring football. How popular is the Arena Football League? Really? I mean... <laughs> well, that's what it kind of seems to me like yeah. it becomes. Yeah. It becomes like a gym class. It's just going to be 60 to 54. Yeah, let the receivers get a running start before the ball snapped. It's one big seven-on-seven seven drill, except they tackle at the end of it. Uh, we'll see if it adjusts back. And it, how can you take serious any of these records that are being accrued in a time when you're not allowed to tackle the quarterback? Dude, it's like when Burr w- saw uh, Dan Marino at the, the Lemieux outing. He was like, dude, if you played in this league today, you'd have 7,000 yeah. yards every season, dude. It's true. You could completely molest the uh, receivers back then. Well, we can probably at least count on the Steelers and Ravens getting after it and getting after each other. This is always uh, a highly competitive game, and whether they're running or throwing, I think uh, it'll be the same type of intensity and uh, ferocity that we've come to expect. Big hits. From these two teams to uh, fully get you ready for it. Uh, we're going to run the two-minute drill, and I got right. this one in just under the wire. I was actually editing during the commercial break to try to finish it up, and we just got it in under the wire. Here's uh, Steelers-Ravens week in two-minute fashion. We've given up some big plays, and particularly at the cornerback position, and we're playing a number of people, and uh, we're just going to continue to play a number of people until someone distinguishes themselves. Oh, yeah, you know, it's definitely going to make a break me. You know what I'm saying? So I got I to gotta just keep keep my head down, stay focused, you know, just keep on moving. At this position, you're going to give up big plays no matter what. You know, everybody does it. It matters how you bounce back. I don't know if there's any, like, real concrete answer. Just let the play do the talking. It appears that they are telling the officials right now, this is a letter of the law rule. And it looks like that's the way this thing got taken, you know, officiated this week. We're giving up too many points. We gotta we gotta stop doing that as much as we can. We made that big drive and we came back. Ben was on fire and then, you know, A B gave that, you know, tremendous stretch and the effort from Ramon and all the other guys, it was it was, it was so special. The, you know, plays like that can change the game, and it can change the whole season. That, that last one just sticks out to me uh, just because was, there was so much emotion going into that game uh, with, with Ryan and everything. And um, it was a night game. It was just super, super loud, I remember. And that's, that's when the renegade comes on, and, and you get the chills and everything. So I'm just really looking forward to it come Sunday. I think you'll see an improvement. He's a good player that's not playing good right now. I think you'll see a difference. It was letting us know when we land in Pittsburgh, you got a drug test. It was just the fact that uh, at 3 a.m. we have an 8.30 game. Um, just give us, like, the last thing where anybody was thinking about was taking the test. So I'm trying to get to the house. But it is what it is. We're at home um, against the AFC North opponent. And you just got to look forward to those moments. We know we're playing good teams, but we think we're a good team, and we have to show. I think it's going to be awesome to be a back in Heinz Field, a night game, and have a, a true prime time playoff type feel to a game i think it'll be a great atmosphere and it'll allow us to truly test ourselves on a big stage i can't put my teammates in that situation our team in that situation got to ante up either show up or shut up <laughs> i love it that show was up or shut up in order mike tomlin Artie burns mike hilton cody sensible gene steratore keith butler Marcus Gilbert, T.J. Watt, Danny Smith, Joe Hayden, Cam Hayward, Watt again, Darius Hayward, Bay, Gilbert again, and Hayward again. Show up or shut up. Steelers-Ravens Sunday night. 
Here we go. You really like needed a game week. like this. Really needed a game like this at this time. This team. This team? Yes. For this sure. Is, and I don't know if it's, you know, maybe it's one of those be careful what you wish for deals, but this is a uh, in-your-face, get-it-together-or-else type of moment. They are in a tricky position here. Yes, they are. So it makes it kind of exciting because you don't know what the hell's going to happen. Division game, the importance of this uh, can't be understated for them. Coming off of their first victory, which direction is the team headed? They're going to go to the Ohio? All right. Or the Allegheny or the Mon, whichever one's to the right of the Ohio. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> think it's, Look, the river, the name of the river is not important. You guys know what we're <laughs> saying. There's a fork in the river. The wind's blowing in off the lake. That's right. <laughs> Your Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week is Bella Luna in Murraysville. 250 Bud Light 20 ounce drafts during all Steeler games. Bella Luna in Murraysville. Bella Luna. That's your Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week. Sean Collier is here. We're going to talk about the new releases, Night School and Pick of the Litter. Uh, eventually, we'll figure out when we're going to do that. And then uh, Joe Hayden joins us when we come back. We're going to talk to the Pittsburgh Steeler cornerback. He's not the one I'm worried about back there. And I'm wondering what his take is. What you're worried is you don't know who the other one is. What I'm worried about is they don't know who the other one is. <laughs> not that I don't. We'll talk with Joe Hayden when we come back, getting you set for Steelers <laughs> Ravens Sunday night right here on D. It is the DVE Morning Show, your home of the Pittsburgh Steelers 102.5 DVE. We're going to be talking with Joe Hayden momentarily, getting set for Sunday night football here in Pittsburgh against the Ravens. You know, and I was thinking a little bit about, you know, Bill's uh, anger and, and hatred for, <laughs> for Baltimore aside, uh, but that was a much-needed reminder that we need to stoke the fires of this rivalry once again, Mike. But it strikes me that part of the reason why I might feel as if it has waned a little bit is because the personnel on both sides, particularly on each defensive side of this team, which was really the identity of this rivalry, for me anyways, is completely different. Yeah, other than Terrell Suggs. Right. Uh, and he's old. Terrell Suggs and Ben Roethlisberger have been at this a long time, but a lot of new faces on both sides and a new approach at Baltimore with the emphasis on the passing game in the early going and you know the Steelers trying to sort through all the stuff they're sorting through. You kind of lose track of who you're playing. You're just worried about playing better. Yeah, but I hate I the jersey. I don't think that's a problem. Uh, I got a vibe in the locker room yesterday that uh, people were getting pretty locked in on who they're playing mm-hmm. and what that's going to mean. And I'm sure Baltimore's doing the same thing. That's what makes this game well, great. Oh yeah, I, that we, we hate each other's logos. I mean, it's yeah. just. But That's I, what it is. I do respect that team, and I think the Steelers and Ravens both respect each other. They have accomplished a lot. They have done it uh, in a similar fashion to the way the Steelers do it. You know, it's always been a team that relies on its defense heavily. Uh, at least the way the oh, Steelers. they mirrored each other yeah. for years in the draft. We take a linebacker, they take a yeah. linebacker. Yeah, and it, it's they've had a lot of success. The Steelers have had a lot of success. That's what uh, they're both kind of trying to reinvent themselves now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Suggs last year acted as a sort of like team historian to remind their younger guys of the rivalry so that they would get fired up once again and remind them what Steelers-Ravens was all about. Yeah, he's he's into the that kind of stuff. He's, he's a student of the game and, a, yeah. and a, an embracer of the game. Mike mm-hmm. Tomlin might call him a football junkie. Yeah. Now, look, he, he refuses to call the Patriots by name. Yeah. That's, the Steelers and Ravens have that in common. They both hate the Patriots. Yes. Feel the enemy of our enemy. Yeah. 
He Is calls friend? Yeah, they're he, still our enemy. He calls uh, <laughs> the Patriots a team up north. That's so great. Never, never says their name. Joe Hayden from the Pittsburgh Steelers joining us right now on the flagship of the Black and Gold DVE. Joe, good morning. How are you? Well, I'm doing really well. How are y'all? Well, good. Did you get enough sleep or did you get a drug test? It's 6 a.m. <laughs> oh, man. No, no, no. They, 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 uh, they let me get some sleep this morning. What? <laughs> so, uh, oh, wait, did, Joe, did you pass? We're all on the edge of our chairs here. <laughs> Bro, it, I, well, you know I wouldn't have brought it up. If I how about that, though? You get off the plane after playing a game, and you're flying back. It's, you know, a couple times a year you have these terrible travel schedules, and uh, they reward you with that by uh, popping a drug test on you. And you're not exactly the kind of guy that I think the league would be worried about. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, they call it they call it random, you know, so it is what it is. So I, it was it was me, a couple of my dudes. I'm not complaining about having to take a drug test, you know. Right. What I'm People are coming to me like, oh, Joe, you make so much money, da, da, da. You, could, yeah. you should be able to pee whenever. I'm like, right. all right, all right. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, listen, guys, I, I completely understand that. But it's just the fact that we had an 8 o'clock game. Uh-huh. Uh, we get back to Pittsburgh at 3 a.m. in the morning. We were just trying to get home. That's it. You know, that was my only thing. Yeah. Like, just about all right, guys, you could tell us, come back in at 8 or 10. Is it really that? Is something in my system that I don't know? Maybe they know something that I don't know. Yeah, that that five hours would make a difference one way or another. It's just silly yeah. to me that they would do that. Uh, well, that's that's your NFL, though. Uh, you know, just always yeah. uh, making sure that nobody has a distinct advantage. Now, that never happened to you when you were on the Browns, right? No, I mean, when we were in Cleveland, the first time I've ever started seeing people getting getting drug tested when we landed back um back at back at home was was here we never did that in cleveland is that because the browns never got drug tested they just didn't they figured ah, let them alone they're having enough trouble no that's the, I, we got randomly drug tested for sure I, I got hit around five six times i get randomly tested about five six times a year so i mean it, i'm it's it's expected but i uh, just never had to um get him back from a game so were you a little bit happy to see the browns get that win uh, yes, it was, I was actually a little happy. This was more more for like my guys, Kirko, Christian Kirksey, right. uh, Jamie Collins, my dudes that I've known that I've been there with, practicing with, playing with, and when we were there, just taking L's. Just you know, it just was a situation where we were working hard as we could. We really felt like going into each game that we could win, and then losing was it, it was just tough. So just for like the guys I was there with with me that I, I went through all that losing with, you know, that's just uh, it's, it was a good feeling for them. So you're happy for them. You got your one. Don't get too many more. Is that yeah, the, uh... yeah? No, you can get you one for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so what's going on right now with the Steelers? D. It seems to be um, emblematic of what's happening league wide. Is that the offenses are opened up? The penalties that are being called 34 last week alone, roughing the passer penalties. Uh, they're making it more uh, uh, basically easier for the offenses to to roll D's right now and with all the personnel changes that are going on with the Steelers right now how much of it do you think it is is what the league is doing that uh, caused the the issues the defense had the first three weeks and how much of it is personnel and people getting up to speed with this defense um, I think it was I say it was a little bit of both uh, the one one thing is they're definitely obviously trying to um, they would say it's preventing injuries, but you know how it is. Uh, I would say with the DBs not even be able to touch the wide receivers, I was like, that has nothing to do with um, player safety. That's just get off the receivers so we can try to get more points. So I feel like now it's just with hitting the quarterbacks, roughing them, we, Coach Tom always tells us that we need to adapt to it instead of fighting against it. And I think that's something that we've noticed, that just land on the quarterbacks and 
a little bit of those hitting, hitting people uh, when they're running out of bounds. Some stuff that we're doing that's beating ourselves, and some stuff is just that that's the way that the league is going, and we just have to adapt. Mm-hmm. Joe, I don't know if you watched the game last night, but Goff, 465 yards. Cousins, 422. Uh, we saw uh, Drew Brees and Ryan going at it uh, last week. Do you ever watch some of these games and think, all right, this is just a horse that cannot be rode? You know, sometimes, I mean, a lot of the times, too, at the end of the days when we're in defense, I'm looking at it like if you're a DB and you know you can't really touch these guys, play top down. Always just prevent the big prevent the big play. You're going to make them catch comebacks, catch hitches going all the way down the field. That's going to be five, six first downs, you know what I'm saying, trying to get all the way down. It's just the big play that is going to be the one that's really going to kill you. So my thing is just, you know, since you understand what it is, you can't really touch them, just always just – don't give up the big play. Make sure they catch the ball coming back to the quarterback, and then that's going to save a whole lot of uh, whole lot of yardage and a whole lot of things that's going down on your defense. How's your hammy? Oh, hammy's doing well. Hammy's doing really good. Yeah, uh, yeah. that that's a little scary when we see that because uh, we need your veteran leadership back there. And when you went down with that injury early, I thought, oh boy, we're going to have a tough time. Guys like Cam Sutton are going to rely on a veteran like you. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, it, it is what I, I, I've been working on really hard. Um, it was just a fluke, fluke little hamstring injury. I think that uh, when I took that one week off, I, I definitely needed it. I would have been fighting through it and, and probably would have made it last a little longer if I would have played uh, week two. Yeah. So glad that I was able to take that week off, and now I'm feeling 100%. Do you feel that the uh, the rivalry, we've been talking about this a little bit this morning, whether or not the Steelers-Ravens rivalry wanes at times, it's stronger than others. Uh, being that you're only a year into your tenure as a Pittsburgh Steeler, do you feel that it, does the team, uh, do they enhance or, or play up the rivalry between these two teams? Oh, no, they definitely do. Um, they're very, very familiar with each other. Um, so that's that's one thing that they always talk about. Um, it's very very competitive. Um, very good coaching staffs. Very good players. Um, so you know everybody's really really excited about it, and um, feel like these are the two top teams in the division. New receivers for Baltimore this year, Joe. Uh, a lot of numbers on offense. Do you see a distinct difference when you study them? Um, you know, I mean, Flacco's having a really good season. They're doing really good in the red zone. Uh, Brown is going. They're deep threat, and then obviously Crabtree is a very crafty, physical receiver that um, is more of a possession guy. So you know, it's, it's definitely two different guys there. But you know, we we definitely know what they bring to the table. Joe Hayden of the Pittsburgh Steelers this Sunday night, the home crowd cheering on uh, the one, one, and one Steelers. Did you watch the game last night, Thursday night football? So I watched them sell about halftime, then about passed out. You know, I had to catch up on my sleep. I mean, when you see other teams getting hit for 500 yards passing, like uh, Minnesota in, uh, got last night, Goff threw up, what, 490 or something like that, Mike? 465. 465. Does that just make you shake your head? I mean, and look, I just makes it makes me look at it like you know, every it's not as bad as it seems for us, right? Uh, yeah, know, I mean, it, people are throwing the ball all around the yard. It's the beginning of the season. People don't really have too much tape. Offensive coordinators are switching it up, um, so people are just always trying to get into their groove, you know. And um, offenses are spreading it out, and they're, they're just winging it. So and, you know, it's a completely different game. The offenses are throwing the ball really well. Concepts, um, like just little simple things, rub routes, double moves, you know. So they're just uh, figuring it figuring out defenses so you know it just takes a, a minute for adjusting but I think it, it's going to start turning towards the defensive side a little bit. Good slow down a little bit in December in the Northeast? Definitely I mean when, especially too when the weather starts to change you can't yeah. really throw it as much.
Joe, one thing about this rivalry is that it's always been predicated on physicality, and I'm telling you right now, if you hit somebody tonight like you made that hit down in Tampa, you are going to hear that crowd and that stadium is going to shake, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I am too, man. Me and TJ, we always talk about, you know, I think the one thing with our defense is we we don't really start as fast. So we always want to just get something at the beginning of the game, a hit, a, a forced fumble, something that can just get, you know, the energy going. And that's what we talked about before, uh, before uh, so, what was a Monday night's game. And um, that's what we're going to always try to do, just, just get something to get us sparked up because I feel like we start a little flat sometimes. All right, well, let's not do it this weekend. Uh, Joe Hayden from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Man, it was great talking to you. Thanks for getting up and making time for us this morning. Oh, no, for sure. Thanks for having me. Congrats, we'll congrats on passing that test, Joe. Way to go. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Joe Hayden. I mean, has he not Good been dude. a welcome addition or what? Or what? My God. <laughs> He's been great on the field and yes. off the field. You know. you know what you got when you got him. That's another one of those guys, you know, I always say, you know, point out the jerseys. The Joe Watt or Joe TJ Watt, Joe Hayden. That's another jersey you can get and Cam. you're not gonna have to tear the you know, the the nameplate off of it and hope somebody else good gets that number later on. Because <laughs> right. there's a lot of twenty sixes out there well, right now. Always, you can always turn those into a Woodson. Uh, that's true, yeah. It's easy fix. That's that's very true. Val's got your news when we return. Well, uh good news for uh pot lovers headed to California from our area. John Eisenberg from BaltimoreRavens.com and our Know Your Enemy segment coming up at 9.15. Also, our buddy Mike Rubino from Arcade Comedy Theater. Sean Collier, we're going to fit in the review here for uh, for these movies somehow. Night School, Pick of the Litter, Science Fair. I have not heard of any of these again. No. It's uh, it's that time of year. Which, the Science which, Fair is a documentary. It is, okay. which is helpful. It's Steelers Friday. We can knock out movies in what, about three minutes? We'll give you the three. Yeah, the, hurry up. The three. Yeah, yeah, it's a three-minute drill. Yeah, we got two minute and uh, there's three movie so we, we got to give you three minutes yeah i think i can manage that all right we'll go no huddle all right i hate jim harbaugh i hate the harbor because it sounds like harbaugh i hate crabs the sex ones and the ocean ones both are rampant in baltimore i hate the wire i hate the nickname charm city i hate the orioles except for cal ripkin i hate camden yards except for the night in 95 when cal ripkin broke lou gehrig's streak sure, well that was a good one i hate the chesapeake bay oh what's that across the water it's delaware that bay sucks i hate the ravens it's a dumb bird it's basically a crow that somebody wrote a poem about. <laughs> they should be named the Baltimore Crows, actually, because a group is called a murder of crows, and that's way more fitting for that team. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Bill Crawford helping us get psyched for Sunday night, regenerating oh. the hate for God, the Ravens. I hate them. Sunday night football. How do you feel about the aquarium down there? Hate it. Okay. Isn't that where the shape of water happened? Is yeah. it? Where Pretty they sure. Filmed it? Yeah, I thought it was based I, in Baltimore. I hate that movie now. Oh. It's a great movie. Uh, uh, but... <laughs> you know, I was on the other night, my husband was like, what is this movie about? I'm like, well, it's like a monster movie love story. Yes, but here's the thing. Is it really? No. It's a monster-on-monster monster love movie. The interpretation, spoiler alert for those who don't want to hear. <laughs> who haven't seen this two-year-old movie. Right. Well, <laughs> So she had scars on her neck. Yeah. And then she was found by a river when she was a kid, and she doesn't speak. And she has a kinship with this sea creature god, whatever it is. And uh, at the end of the movie, she's uh, li- uh, nearly lifeless 
drowning, and he goes in and everybody thinks, oh, he turns her scars into gills. No, they were gills in the first place that sealed up, and he just he gave her, her gills back into back gills. In, yeah, I, I think that I think that it was just a workaround. I think they bonded because she was different because of her accident, which coincidentally involved some neck scars. Yeah, I thought it was just the inverted version of Splash. You got you guys are <laughs> wrong. I'm I'm right. <laughs> yeah, can we sell tickets for the great what was the shape of water about debate? Hey, you, you know, know people, what? People no, do go I mean, watch people debate now. Yeah, her, yeah. You know. her affinities for uh, baths. Yes. Yeah. It, Exactly. It wasn't the bath that she had an affinity for. I don't even know if you remember oh, the first oh, scene. Yeah. Oh yeah, that. Yeah, that, yeah. But very, that's what by she the would... way, very graphic sex scenes in that movie. Do fish do that? Shockingly. Do fish fish uh, bait? <laughs> slap the fins together. Slap a fins. Huh? Do fish choke Knocking the chicken? Fins. Yeah, exactly. I don't know, but at any rate. Uh, I'm not Baltimore. Googling it, I'll tell you that. Baltimore sucks. No, that we can agree. <laughs> That's All the right. point of this. Val, what's going on? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. It's 56 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Citizens Bank. I'm Val Porter. People can now pack their pot when traveling out of Los mm-hmm. Angeles International Airport. LAX has just updated its policy, which allows passengers ages 21 and older to possess up to 28.5 grams. They said that's about an ounce of marijuana and eight grams of concentrated marijuana. I'm assuming that's either edibles or oil or vape cartridges. All all marijuana makes you concentrate. (laughs) It does? Uh, On everything. Officials (laughs) warn... That pot possession is still a federal crime, and travelers should also check with their destinations laws before bringing weed into LAX. I've never thought of this before, but it might be something that people with swimming pools worry about. Uh, Florida man in trouble for skinny dipping in a woman's pool one night. Brian Manwarren is accused of completely disrobing last weekend and jumping in the above ground pool there is a clear video of him in action (laughs) but he was gone by the time police got there nobody was hurt but officers do plan on charging the 29 year old with burglary and criminal mischief burglar what are you burgling a little he burgled the pool burgled the pool (laughs) burgled some of the water stop burgling in my pool (laughs) you creepy fish man no no burgling in the pool that's what shape of water was about (laughs) that's what she was doing in the bathtub (laughs) pool burglar (laughs) uh what would you tell your 16 year old self uh that question was trending on twitter this week with people sharing some great advice they would impart on their 16 year old selves don't hold a stridex pad on a zit for five (laughs) minutes and think that's gonna kill it that's what I would Extra say. Extra dosing. Yeah. And don't also do that with toothpaste. Turns <laughs> out that burns. That creates a burn. Tips ranged from spending more time with your grandparents and telling your parents you love them to not allowing men to treat you like garbage and not wasting your time trying to fit in. I would say spend less time playing Devil's Triangle and boofing. <laughs> <laughs> those those would be the What's two. The, those are drinking games, right? Yeah, quarter. The it's a quarters game, <clears throat> but you should. I'll tell you later where you See, bounce the quarter yeah. for Devil's Triangles. Cause... The, the, the drinking games we used to play was um, Donkey Punch. I don't uh-huh. know if you yes, that. yeah. And Angry Pirate. Oh, yeah, I yeah. remember that drinking game. That's with the quarters. 
Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Do you ever are... play Frothy Walrus? Oh, that's yeah. A, that's a good game. Do you ever play Eiffel Tower? <laughs> that is such a fun drinking game when you Eiffel Tower. You need three people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no eye contact. No, though, right? I know. Yeah. But there's a little bit of high fiving. <laughs> it's fun. Just, they're just drinking just games. Just try it, kids. They're just drinking games. They're fun. No, you, I would honestly tell the 16 year old me stop stealing mom and dad's car. That's one. Okay. Well, uh, was it did they they didn't know you just took uh, off with the car? Not at all, and I did not have a license. <laughs> oh well. Um, that's. I would say stop doing that. Uh, I would say stop uh, worrying about everything. It's yeah. going to be all right. Mm-hmm. I would say. Then you'd be worried you were worrying too much. High school doesn't matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless you're trying to get really good grades and get a scholarship. I'm sure there's lots of like sage life advice and smart that, but like the first thing that came to my mind was there's no shame in wearing earplugs to concerts. Well, yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I, I would, it, it's Did tough. you wear earplugs when you were 16? No, I should have. Oh. Like, yeah. I, I, I wanted to go back and tell that kid, you're not hardcore because you stood next to the speakers. You and, will be hard of hearing, though. Yeah, that <laughs> took a 45-minute bad religion set to the skull. Like, that, <laughs> that, you're going to start paying for this soon. Surprisingly, though, I think I have pretty good hearing for all of the concerts I've been to. I think it's because I'm a woman. And you have that mom DNA in you, so you hear and smell everything. Yeah. yeah. Your ears just don't deteriorate. Yeah. That is an evolutionary stalwart. Even though I'm not a mom, it's it's just DNA. Whereas as us men are trying to grow selective hearing, yes. so we sacrifice it. Yes, and hair in the ear. <laughs> I thought you well, tried to grow selective hair. Yeah. That's more of a manscaping thing. No, you're trying to get hair in your ear. <laughs> I, it's impossible to regulate your hormones when you're that age. And I would like to say, like, if I could tell myself and make myself believe it, but you couldn't. Number one is it would. It's okay to be like, I like that, uh, that girl, and uh, like your fr- you, like not be afraid of your friends making fun of you because mm-hmm. you like a girl. Like, yeah, that was like a dumb thing that happened. You had to be like, you you had to like try to be like low key about like somehow landing a girlfriend, and then just nope, I'm in the relationship. You can't you can't right. make fun of me now. <laughs> you you can't you can't view any of my path to being. A uh, part of a boyfriend girlfriend relationship. We're going together because your your now. guy friends yeah, would torture steady. you mercilessly along the way. Oh, you gonna get her flowers? Oh, you gonna get her card? <laughs> you know, you know, yeah, it's just the dumb stuff you would do there. And also, uh, rejection is not the end of the world. I mean, there was and being a dork isn't the end of the world. No, yeah, that's the other thing. Being a dork is in vogue now. Really? Oh yeah. Look at the Big Bang Theory. It's a yeah. hit show for the last yeah. decade. Yeah. It's all about right. dorks. How about earning a theater degree during the Great Recession is a poor investment? That's something <laughs> I would tell. Yeah. Maybe don't spend 30 grand a year to go to liberal arts college. <sighs> Bill will never, ever be able to not mention that. Well, that was not a great idea. Turns out. Did anybody try to talk you out of it? Oh, yeah. Everybody? <laughs> yeah. Number one on the list was my dad, who was the unfortunate co-signing Avenger in that whole Marvel movie. That's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, in music news, just three days after the first anniversary of Tom Petty's final performance, 
Uh, that was September 25th, 2017, at the Hollywood Bowl, and four days before the first anniversary of his death, an American treasure, a four-CD box set of unreleased music, is being released today. The 60-song career-spanning collection contains dozens of alternate versions of classic songs, rarities, live performances, and deep tracks. Petty's daughter, Adria, or Adria, uh-huh. Adria, and uh, his wife, Dana, and Mike Campbell, and keyboardist Ben Montench of the Heartbreakers were all involved in the project. Uh, ben Montench talked a little bit about uh, putting the package together, and he said it was awesome to go back and listen to things, and uh, he's really looking forward to the release that comes out today. I like the tune, um, and it it's Keep just it so sad to me because... It's not like Tom Petty didn't party. We know, you know, there were times where he had drug addictions that he was caught up in. This wasn't partying, though. No, this is just trying to not be in pain because his hip was cracked. And there's been a lot of that. Accidental overdoses. Opioids are terrifying. I mean, this even underscores the need for legalized medicinal marijuana because you've already seen the rates of opioid use and abuse plummet in places where they have legalized marijuana, but because people don't understand the power of how that can just stop your respiratory system from functioning because you took a Percocet because your hip hurts so bad and you want to go to bed and you uh, maybe had a few glasses of wine. But these guys See have ya. built up such a tolerance like that's MJ what it is. had to take propofol. That's what it is. That propofol stuff. That That doctor should be in jail forever. No doubt. He, that should not be administered anywhere but a hospital where they have you hooked up to a monitor. And that's why he was so crazy. He didn't sleep forever. Mm-hmm. Even because he was just knocked out. He was never getting sleep. Explains a lot about me. <laughs> Sl- slight edit. That is one of several reasons why he was so crazy. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, part of why he that, why got it went the way exponentially it went. Yeah, worse yeah, yeah. in the last five or six years. But we were years. talking earlier about rough upbringings. Oof. Yes. It's hard to sleep when you're worrying about your chimp. You know what I mean? <laughs> who Did is, he clean up? Who is going to maintain that roller coaster? Oh, I right, tried right, to tell right. Bubbles. Can bubbles clean the toilet. Okay, Bubbles. Bubbles. Bubbles, you all right? Bubbles. You yeah. sure you're all right? Sunny this afternoon, 70 degrees should be, it should turn into a nice fall day today. It's 58 at DVE. Know Your Enemy segment here on the DVE Morning Show and uh, from the BaltimoreRavens.com website. It is John Eisenberg joining us this morning. John, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Well, you know, we're on shaky ground kind of right now as Steeler fans because we don't know what to make of this team yet and we kind of consider Sunday night to be a pretty good barometer for where we're headed. Uh, how do you think the uh, the Ravens feel about their identity in week three? Four, sorry. Well, uh, no, I think you're right about that and uh, the Ravens come in maybe uh, a little bit ahead of the Steelers this time in that regard. Uh, although, you know, early in the NFL season, everyone's still sorting stuff out. There's no question. And right. They're trying to figure it all out. But uh, the Ravens, a couple things we know about the Ravens, I think, through three games. Number one, their offense is better this year than it's been the last few years. They've really focused their energies on that side of the ball this offseason. And, and they brought in some better players. And Joe Flacco is, is truly healthy for the first time since 2015. And so we're seeing a difference there. No question that they're much more potent on offense than they've been. The defense is always pretty good, and and I think it's good again. But, you know, the big question for the defense is always, and we're about to find out, can they stop the Steelers' 
I mean, they're not going to stop the Steelers, but can they stop them late in the game where they've been unable to do that? So, you know, the Ravens have their own questions uh, that uh, are always answered in Pittsburgh. But uh, I think, you know, they, they have a pretty good idea of who they are this year. John, we had heard uh, going all the way back to the owners' meetings, uh, I think it was Ozzie Smith saying they were going to look under every rock to find new receivers and upgrade the wide receiver position. Did they get the exact guys they wanted, or did they just get three different guys and were three different guys more than enough? Well, it's always – that's an ongoing process. I mean, they took a run at Jess Bryant, and uh, that's been reported and didn't uh, had an offer on the table, and Des didn't take it. And so they were looking at different guys, no question. And uh, they operate under the theorem that certain guys are always going to be available, uh, you know, receivers and – and that whole search was predicated on the fact that they had a first-round draft pick, Rashad Perriman, who was a bust. Uh, and so, back, you know, they had to go into free agency and get some veteran guys. And and they they definitely this time, instead of just sort of picking a name uh, like this Brian, who I mean they wanted to, but he turned them down. They got three guys with sort of different skill sets, and it's a nice blend of talent. Uh, uh, Smokey Brown, John Brown is just the speed burner on the outside. Crabtree is the veteran who gets open, and Willie Sneed from the Saints works the slot. So it's three guys. They, it's a it's a pretty good trio with different skills, and and that's been pretty clear since the since they started playing together. So one way or another, they wound up with a, a pretty good group. Uh, the the running game kind of interesting right now for both squads. You know the Steelers trying to contend without Le'Veon Bell, the Ravens trying to sort of uh, find their footing, so to speak. Lamar Jackson has their longest rush of the year right now, right? Right, that's right. Yeah. How, how much gadget stuff with him should we expect? Well, that, that's the most interesting thing about the Ravens right now. No question, uh, they didn't have too much of it against Denver the other day, <clears throat> the last week, but they they've used him more. Uh, it's sort of their X factor. They want opponents to be guessing. There's no telling. I, I get the feeling you're going to see Lamar on the field some Sunday night. I think oh, yeah. that, that, that uh, you know, the way to beat the Steelers, you have to match those playmakers. Listen, with or without Le'Veon Bell, they have great playmakers. So, so uh, you know, they have to match that, and, and that's why Lamar is here. And uh, but so far he's been used mostly as a decoy, and I must say an effective decoy. Uh, they put him in the game on in the red zone the other day, and yeah, touchdown run by Collins. The whole defense went to Jackson. <laughs> they were just staring at him. They were staring at him, and uh, and he hasn't gone gone loose for one yet. But uh, I do think it could happen. Uh, you know, he's a pretty explosive player, and it's fun to watch. It's really interesting when he comes in the game. That's for sure. John, defensively, teams have been able to sort of, well, neutralize A.B. to a certain extent. You know, there hasn't been the huge explosive game from Antonio Brown yet. Uh, I know the uh, former D coordinator there was bummed out that uh, he didn't have somebody shadow Brown the last time these teams played. What do you expect to happen from a defensive standpoint in terms of keeping Antonio Brown from beating you? I don't know that they'll have a single guy. Uh, They don't have Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith is suspended uh, this is the last game of his suspension, and Jimmy uh, has really had a lot of luck against uh, Brown over the years, has played him well, as well as anybody, but he's not on the field. So advantage Pittsburgh there, no question. Uh, uh, Marlon Humphrey and and, uh, and Brandon Carr will be the cornerbacks, and Humphrey's sort of the young up-and-comer. Carr is the veteran. Uh, I think they're afraid to leave uh, Carr alone with Antonio Brown. 
So it would be Humphrey if anybody. Uh, and I don't. And, and Marlins in his second year. That's a tough. That's tough for him. I think you're going to see different looks. I don't think there's going to be just a shadow. If Jimmy Smith were on the field, I think that might be different. But I think you're going to see a lot of different looks as they try to figure out some way to stop him, which they have been unable to do. Does it look as if uh, C.J. Mosley's going to play, and uh, might we see Hayden Hurst? Yes, on both counts. Uh, Mosley practiced yesterday. We'll see how it goes today. And uh, I think he's he's back. And, and Hurst also practiced, and he's, uh, I think, was limited yesterday. But, uh, you know, he is back on the field, and... Showing no signs. I think they're being careful with him. I think he'll be on the field Sunday. Do they have a four or five tight end look that they, they want to throw yeah. out there with him? That... <laughs> the, the, they are. The, I think they, the ideal offense for them would be nine tight ends. <laughs> <laughs> the center to quarterback sounds like a winner. <laughs> yeah. John Eisenberg from BaltimoreRavens.com in our Know Your Enemy segment here on the flagship station of the Pittsburgh Steelers 102.5 DBE. John, <laughs> thanks for your time this morning. We appreciate it. Sure. My pleasure. Okay, Thank man. You. We'll see you. All right. There's some cracks in the veneer here for them. Oh, no question. They've had a couple of big wins at home. And a disappointing one on the road at Cincinnati. So. And one of the big wins was against Buffalo, and Buffalo was a mess the first two right. weeks. So you got to factor that in. Which Steelers uh, will we see Sunday night? I'm intrigued by this Lamar Jackson stuff. As he said, he didn't play much against Denver, but they uh, a play from the six-yard line. They started oh, yeah. him in the slot, motioned him back into the backfield, then had him roll back out left as if he was an option for a pitch or a short pass and both safeties went right to him and it was a walk-in touchdown run for Alex Collins. Wide open up the middle. The guy is so electric and everybody knows it. You don't want him getting the ball in his hands in the open field, but you can't overreact the way Denver did. Steelers, Ravens, Sunday night. All of the coverage beginning at 4 p.m. leading up to the 820 kickoff only on your radio home for the black and gold. WDV.com DVE Sports. Yeah, it is the DV Morning Show. Mike Persuda with your sports right now. There is a flat out big old football game this coming Sunday night. Before we get there, I uh, want to uh, make a m- quick mention. Uh, it's Val Porter's birthday today, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Oh. All right, so we we got we brought some us, we got uh, bagels oh. for you uh, with the, uh, the, the, yes. the your special bagel order, and we got uh, the bagel <laughs> sandwich. Bagel? Yeah, you always like the cinnamon toasted hey. with butter. Uh, did Ryan tell you this? And then we got you uh, in case you wanted to go with the uh, the egg sandwich one. We got you that too. Oh, you guys so are sweet. We got Thank the you old so Einstein's. Happy birthday, Val. No, why can't I remember? Why does it have to be our old producer text me, text me to remind because me? Because I know he does that every year. <laughs> no, I remembered. I put it oh, in my phone. Well, how sweet of you. So I didn't Thank forget so this much. year. I just forgot to get something uh, because I've been so uh, self-involved. What else is in the bag? How it's nice. a puppy. We Whoa. got you a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> what is on the bottom of that bad boy? What's well, going on in there? I don't, I don't know. I feel the like Joe, Joe is like going to reveal to Whoa. us that he's been a magician this whole time. It's yeah. a bucket of cream oh, cheese. That's a cake. Oh, that was a bunch of muffins and stuff. Wow. All right, good deal. Oh, we wanted to get thanks, you Randy. Whoppers, but Burger King doesn't <laughs> sell them this, no. early. Serving this early. We looked into getting Whoppers. It was not, unfortunately, possible without having to reheat them. So happy birthday, oh, Val. Thanks so much. Everybody can send your birthday wishes to Val, Val at DVE.com or oh. on Twitter. 
at uh, is it DVE Val on Twitter? DVE Val, Val Porter. Uh, Val, yeah, DVE Val Porter. DVE Val Porter. There yeah. you go. No, thanks. Happy That's birthday. Nice 27. Yep. Must be nice. Wow. Mike, big football game that hopefully the Steelers will win in honor of Val's birthday. <laughs> big football game, sports Joe, this could hour. You butter mine for me. <laughs> brought to you by CBS Television. I, I just want to mention one more time the Lamar Jackson element of this game because it it has me intrigued. Uh, oh, he is gonna for sure. As I mean, our, as confused as this defense has been, how easy would it be to confuse him further? Well, with? that's what I'm thinking. As our guest John Eisenberg pointed out, he's been mostly a decoy to this point, and you can't overreact to him as Denver did, but you better know where he is on the field, and you better have your backside covered if he gets the ball. You Mm -hmm. can't ignore him either. Uh, That's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Joe Flacco's always thrown a great deep ball, and the speed guy, the new speed guy outside, John Brown, he caught a 44-yarder against Denver, and he actually didn't finish a couple other passes that Flacco put right on the money. Flacco's really throwing it well again. It might be something to that health thing. Uh, For the Steelers, the offense... You know, a slow start against Kansas City, and then they got shut out in the second half in Tampa. They did a lot of damage around both of those developments, but let's see if they can put 60 minutes together at home and hang 40 on these guys. Uh, it might take that. Uh, defensively, they have their issues, and we've gone over and over those, but they made a number of impact plays in Tampa. If you're going to give up yards, at least get the tip pick, get the forced fumble. Get the pass defense in the end zone and make them kick three instead of scoring seven. Mm-hmm. Get the sack when you need it. Uh, contribute in a timely fashion, and that can contribute to victory. And how about special teams? The Steelers, uh, the Darius Hayward Bay meltdown at the end of the game. Boswell struggling. Danny Smith thinks they got that figured out. Yeah. Mechanical adjustment. Um, the punting has been. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. I was looking for a birthday gift for Val. <laughs> Stop it. Go ahead. The punting hasn't been consistently varsity. Right. But the Ravens, they're in just as bad a shape. They had a punt and a field goal blocked by the Broncos. As we pointed out, the one field goal block seemed to be taking advantage of a rule that's supposed to be enforced now that, you know. Well, got blocked. Didn't matter. Still uh, got blocked. See which special team screws up the most. Right. <laughs> well, look, Jordan Barry. I take that as a challenge. <laughs> Boswell could still have a, another bad game, and his job is is you know still going to be there. Jordan Barry's still punting for his job. He has yeah. another bad game, even though he's comported. Yeah, it doesn't matter if he starts to trend downward again. See ya, new punter. Well, Call that's McAfee. What, I mean, didn't I mean you guys asked Tomlin basically that is his job security? He said keep watching. Yeah, it's uh, this is these games are fascinating. I've always really. Love them, and I'm really looking forward to Sunday night. Not, I mean, they're all the same; they all count the same, but yeah. some of them are different. And this wow. is clearly Ravens in prime time at yeah. home is just. There's, there's a reason there's the NFL like puts it. this game on prime time every year. Flacco versus Ben; these are always uh, slobber knockers. All right, uh, I've always loved Terrell Suggs. Uh, I mean, I do the way too. That guy plays. Love to hate him. The way he comports himself. Yeah. Uh, if he was on your team, he would be the yeah. guy. You'd be wearing 55. I I'm with you on that. Yeah. Wouldn't be 52, I'll tell you that. Oh, much. God, I hate that guy. That's what it is. They don't have him. They don't have Reed. They don't have the guys who I used to. It used to be really easy to hate a bunch of their, their defensive players. You can still hate Harbaugh. Oh, I do. I'm with Bill. I hate, uh, what was it, the, uh, what sounds like Harbaugh? Harbor. Yeah. Harbor. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Harbor. That's overrated, by the way. 
All right. When they first did that Inner Harbor thing and refurbished it, everybody was going down there. Oh, isn't it great at that? Yeah. No, it's not. It's average. It sucks. Right. Sean Collier from Pittsburgh Magazine reviewing a couple flicks for you. We're going to do a three-minute drill here, Sean. Three-minute drill. Well, whenever a new comedy star emerges or, or an actor known for drama switches to comedy, they throw them in a team-up movie, a buddy comedy, and it's usually okay. Mm-hmm. We like to think of the genre fondly. We think of Step Brothers or Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, 48 Hours, or even Men in Black. But when we think of those, we're skipping over a whole lot of crap. How often do you pop in <laughs> Gone Fishing with Joe Pesci and Danny uh, Glover? Never. Going back. What about the big screen adaptation of I Spy with, uh, Joe, oh, with no. uh, Owen Wilson and Eddie Murphy with Rotten Tomatoes called Insipid and Mirthless? <laughs> Do I need to remind anyone of Taxi with Queen Latifah and Jimmy Fallon? Jimmy Fallon, yeah. The oh, Chips Lord. remake with Dax Shepard and Michael Pena came out last year. Not one human being That saw it. might have sunk Dax Shepard's career. I know. He put everything into it. All this, He did interviews saying, this is my career, basically. I, I believed in this so much, I risked everything for it. Well. And it mm. did not work out Lost for us. Yeah. big. You got to watch out for the buddy comedy. It can go different ways. Today, Tiffany Haddish appears in Night School with Kevin Hart. We know by now, Tiffany Haddish is excellent. I'll watch her do anything. Kevin Hart is very, very reliable. Girl's Trip is uh, very funny. Girl's Trip is great. Yeah. I, I missed it when it came out, and then I watched it at the end of the year and laughed the whole time. That's I like it because it's in New Orleans, too. But Yeah. Which one of you? Let's have diarrhea at my party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, night School, however, fine. This is one of those comedies where it's just, if you had written more jokes... We would have got there. Right. Because had two stars. There are some bits that work. There's a supporting cast with Taron Killam and Rob Riggle. It's fine. They just needed to punch it up a little bit more. That's that's all that went wrong. If you really need that just brainless laugh, you can go. But it, it falls to that curse. I think we could put any to pull two celebrities in a setting out of a hat, and it will be equally as good as that. Just make it up. Scarlett Johansson and John Cena are mismatched dog catchers. Sure. Jay Leno and Justin Bieber are trying to rob the Louvre. I'd, I'd watch it. Uma Thurman and Ice Cube need to save the Constitution from bandits. Those all could be as good as Night School was. But how about Did we steal it yet? This week, just watch some nice movies about dogs and smart kids. How about that? As the world slides more and more into an unrecognizable hellscape marked solely by existential dread and encroaching hopelessness, psychologically bleach your brain. There's two documentaries out this weekend. Pick of the Litter is about puppies learning to be guide dogs. That's what it's you need. Oh, it's in theaters. It's in theaters. On tall- the big screen, Val. Tyler Your birthday weekend Val. is set. <laughs> the Tull Theater in Swickley and the Harris Theater downtown. Wow. Pick of the litter. Also, Science Fair, which is compared. That looks great. It's compared a little bit to Spellbound, the Spelling Bee movie. Yeah. It's about these bright-eyed kids at the National Science Fair, which not only training is. Training to be dogs. Training to be guide dogs. Yeah. <laughs> not only is that encouraging, you're like, oh, these are the kids that will save our lives in 10 years. Well, let's hope. Sean Collier from Pittsburgh Magazine there with. Sure. Uh, Mm-hmm. A quick uh, update, a review of what's in theaters this weekend. Hey, this weekend, tonight, last time I'll bug you about it, The Ramble at the Rex. We're doing a tribute tonight to uh, Aretha Franklin with uh, singer Sierra Sellers, who is lights out. Kiki Brown is going to be there. Another one who's just a superstar, the lead singer of Buckle Downs. Addie Twig, MVP from uh, Cisco Kid in the telephone line. These girls, I mean, they can just... 
sing like birds. It's it's unbelievable. So I'm very much looking forward to that aspect of tonight's ramble at the Rex. Uh, Clinton Clay from the Common Heart, Mike Minda from the Common Heart, Zub and Max from Recluse are going to be there. Andre Costello, Chad Vincent, uh, Josh Verbanitz, Jen Wirtz, and Jim Donovan is on drums all night tonight. It's going to be a special night with Weird Paul opening the show. It's an 8.30 start at the Rex. Get your tickets in advance at TicketFly.com, the Rex Theater box office, or just when you walk up tonight, you'll be able to get tickets. But very much looking forward to uh, the Aretha section tonight because, man, these girls can just sing the lights out. So that's tonight. We ramble at the Rex Theater. RexTheater.com, TicketFly.com for tickets. All right, Mike Rubino from Arcade Comedy Theater joining us momentarily. It's the DBE Morning Show. It's the DBE Morning Show. Randy Bauman along with birthday girl Val Porter. Whoa, big birthday girl. Look at the big birthday on Val. Oh. Also, uh, Mike Pursuit, uh, Bill Crawford, Chunk Collier from uh, Pittsburgh Magazine is here as well. And our friend Mike Rubino from Arcade Comedy Theater joining us here in the studio. And Mike, you know, we always try to tell people about the great stuff that's going on down there in the uh, cultural district at the uh, Arcade Comedy Theater. And your somewhat new location on Liberty Ave. Uh, but you guys have a special feature going on right now that we felt like everybody should hear about. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Sure. Happy birthday, Val. Oh, thank you so much. Um, yeah, so it's the first time that Arcade is ever producing a play. Um, and so it opened last weekend. It, is runs... it Who wrote this play? Is it an original Arcade Comedy Theater? No, pro- we paid for the rights Oh, for this so this play. is a big oh. deal. This is a legit theatrical uh, production. Okay. Um, yeah, it's called Sex, a.k.a. Wieners and Boobs. Uh-huh. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> So we went with the classiest play we could find. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Is this um, Pinter? Is, uh, no. yeah. uh, who is Close. Okay. Um, so it's it's actually written by the guys from Wet Hot American Summer. Uh, Joe Latrulio, a lot of people know him from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh-huh. Uh, David Wayne, Michael Showalter. Yeah. Now people my right. age would know them from the State. That's right. Yeah. They, yeah. they they wrote this I think after the State, um, but in the late nineties, and um, and it's sort of this cult classic. You know, crazy, zany, absurd play. But if if you like Wet Hot American Summer, this is basically the same vein as that. That movie. Now, I, I the didn't, main vein. I didn't get to see the uh, the Netflix show, the television show. I think I watched maybe one episode, and I kind of like it mm-hmm. fell off of it. But the movie for me was one of the unheralded classics of the 2000s. I thought there's so many. First of all, so star studded. Oh yeah. But you know, in in film before, a couple of them were big stars. Elizabeth Banks and Paul Rudd. I think were just sort of emerging at the time. But Bradley Cooper was relatively unknown. Janine Garofalo's in it. Yeah. David Hyde Pierce. I mean, it is a funny, funny ass movie. So I'm guessing that uh, it's the same characters are involved in everything, or is it uh, that style? Not that style. So it's actually a, you couldn't tell by the title, but it's actually a Western set in uh, New Jersey uh, (laughs) in a town that is overrun by prostitutes and gigolos. And uh, and they get a new sheriff in town, and yeah. uh, the sheriff's trying to clean it up. It's also a love story. There's also uh, a scene from Glengarry Glenn Ross in the middle of the play. Um, so <laughs> there's uh, there's something for everybody, but it's definitely the sort of parody plus absurdity that um, Wet Hot American Summer. So, you know, has. anytime I hear of an event like this occurring, I always think of Rob King from AT and T Sports. Now here's why: because Kinger would come in here like once or twice a year to fill in for for Mike, and he'd say. Hey, uh, the wife and I want to go out and do something new. 
Uh, tell me what. Tell me something interesting to go do downtown. Like, what's something I should go do? And go see wieners and boobs. So for the yeah. Rob <laughs> Kings, but or I, maybe a play. No, but I sent him to a, a production of Damn Yankees one time. But it was like some hybrid per- performance, and there was nudity. And uh, I don't know. He was like, "Did you know there was nudity?" And I'm like, "I don't. Maybe I sent you to the that wrong was thing." Damn Yankers. Yeah. yeah I <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> but this would be something like that for the suburbanites. Now, the, the hip people downtown already know about Arcade Comedy Theater and That's what's right. going on. But for the suburbanites looking for something cool to do downtown that doesn't involve having to go to Heinz Hall and getting right. all dressed up, this is the perfect uh, Yeah, if you, uh, if you want to see a play and you want to be able to BYOB to that play, right. you do that. <laughs> It's twenty bucks a ticket, and yeah. it's uh, and all the shows are at ten o'clock, so it's a little bit of a late show. Yeah, but it's uh, it's running the next two weekends, and the first weekend, almost you know, both shows almost sold out. It was a great reception, and uh, yeah, it's it's not your normal stuffy play. It's, okay, um, it's crazy. How much longer is it running? So it's running tonight, tomorrow, and then the next uh, next Friday and Saturday. Okay, so you only have four more opportunities to go check it four out. Sex, it. aka Wieners and Boob, live at the Arcade Comedy <laughs> Theater, and people can get tickets at the door or in advance online. You can go to arcadecomedytheater.com uh, to get them online. You can try and get them at the door. That's taking a chance. Uh, you taking don't a chance, do that. but yeah. uh, it's the same price either way. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go, Mike Rubino from Arcade Comedy Theater. Best Thank of luck. You so much. Hey, Steelers Ravens, this Sunday night, we're getting psyched for it. Mike Pursuta, each and every week, gets us ready to go with the preamble to the showdown on Sunday at Heinz Field. Mike. Marty Burns was perceived as part of the solution rather than part of the problem back in August. The third year pro and former first round draft pick was even identified by defensive coordinator Keith Butler as one of the guys the Steelers needed to stand up this season. Instead, Burns was asked to sit down last Monday night in Tampa. He wound up sharing right cornerback with Cody Sensiball, but that only confirmed what the Steelers had to have already suspected. If you think you have two right cornerbacks, you really don't have any. At least neither Burns nor Sensiball drew a penalty flag in Tampa. Ten of their teammates couldn't make the same claim, including Daniel McCullers, Sean Davis, Alejandro Villanueva, and Darius Hayward Bay, all of whom were guilty of multiple transgressions. The Steelers won the game anyway. They survived all the yellow laundry. They survived a couple of uprights hit by Chris Boswell. They survived 411 passing yards hemorrhaged. And what got them through all that has a chance to work again. That would be leaning heavily on Big Ben. Ben Roethlisberger's two-minute drill to close the first half against the Buccaneers was executed with laser-like precision. And the pocket-escaping, play-extending, across-his-body connection to Juju Smith-Schuster that delivered the deal-sealing dagger in Tampa was more devastating than a Vance McDonald stiff arm. That and a series of impact plays when the defense wasn't surrendering completions in bunches proved to be just enough to allow the Steelers to exhale. Their impending resumption of hostilities with the Ravens, meanwhile, might just provide an attention-getting, galvanizing, rise-to-the-occasion type of challenge that could deliver for the Steelers some much-needed traction. Are you ready for some football? Given the presence of Al Michaels and NBC's Football Night in America crew at Heinz Field, perhaps the more pertinent question is, do you believe in miracles? Team USA stopping the Red Army hockey team in its tracks in 1980 was one such event. But scripting a Steelers pass defense that actually stops the pass might be beyond even Herb Brooks' grasp. Doing it against Joe Flacco would certainly qualify as miraculous. If all else fails, 
Maybe they can get Mike Ruzioni to play right corner. Ha ha. Yeah, Mike Ruzioni, yeah. you said. Let's it's Steelers Ravens Sunday night. We start our coverage at 4 p.m., leading up to the 820 kickoff on your radio home of the Steelers DVE. Thanks to John Lydon from Auberly. Voices carries next Tuesday. Auberly.org, A U B E R L E.org to get tickets or just learn more about the great work they're doing here. Also, thanks to Dave Damashek from the NFL Network, Joe Hayden from the Pittsburgh Steelers, John Eisenberg from BaltimoreRavens.com, and Sean Collier from Pittsburgh Magazine. Speaking of Arcade Comedy Theater, I'll be there tonight, 9 o'clock, for Sean Collier Presents. Tonight, your headliner, John Evans, one of the best in town, and a national... If if you haven't seen John, or even if you haven't seen him do a full set, you have to come out and see John tonight. Also, Suzanne Lawrence will be on that show. I'm hosting. That's at 9 p.m. You can also get tickets for that at ArcadeComedyTheater.com. Happy birthday, Val. Thank you. Happy birthday, Thank you for always putting up with us. (laughs) Sure. Not easy. We're the worst. Thank God I had brothers. Especially today. Right? <laughs> had brothers. Not easy. Not easy. Especially today. Especially almost every day. Especially every day. I do think she wants to kill us half the time, but I think like in a good way. Not like push us off the edge. No, I think it's sometimes it's in a kill us way. <laughs> yeah. Like a big sister would. Like you want to box our ears, but like I think she goes with home an ice and pick. screams into her pillow for about seven hours. <laughs> the puppy videos help. That right? was a drinking game yes. back in Brett Kavanaugh's high school. <laughs> so you used quarters and screamed in yeah. the pellet. Yeah, you covered the mouth. It was a I saw that game. on that calendar he kept for 51 years. Oh, yeah. It's cool. I, You know, I wish I would have kept my calendar that I, I wrote have all, down. But don't you have all yours? I, I have all mine. Yeah, no. I, I, I feel so short-sighted to me to I get rid of I can tell you exactly where I was on any Saturday in 1981. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's written down. It's proof. Oh, man. Really, I think I was at the Monroeville Mall. <sighs> I was always playing that drinking game, Angry Pirate. I, you ever? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a great Do game. You kick someone in the leg, and mm-hmm. then the quarters come. It's a quarters game. Bounce a quarter off their a, eye. It's a quarters game. You get bonus. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants, Ronald? Ah! Mm-hmm.